Hello. Hello, hello. You there? Yeah, I'm here. Go ahead. Okay. <clears throat> What's up? I uh, just opened my first beer that I've had in a week and three days, so. <clears throat> Not bad. So I'm starting over. Yeah. Got to restart the. Uh... The liver killing? Yeah, the, uh, the, <laughs> the immunity to alcohol and the tolerance, all that. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Talking About Balls. I am Justin George, joined as always by Kyle Price. We are on stereo today, obviously. You know, I just realized you didn't put sports as our category, so we might have some interesting people wanting to talk about real balls. Huh. Interesting. Did you not do that, or did you maybe not save or something correctly? Yeah, no, I hit it. Interesting. All right, bring in the ball talk, people. Let's go. Yeah, weird. All right. Well, uh, anyway, let's get right down to it. Yeah, that is very strange. I know when I was setting it up earlier at work, I did hit it, but shit happens, whatever. All right. Oh, Chip, what's up? Ugly, ugly, ugly. That's the best way to describe the NFL this week in general because of COVID. And it's also the best way to describe the Browns game. Um, Kudos to the replacements. We were missing Shane Falco, but it was basically – you know, a replacement game. I think Shane Falco probably would have moved the ball better down the field. In the first half, maybe. The second half, Nick Mullins looked better than Baker, so let's be honest. Yeah, Nick Mullins actually got a groove going on there for a little while. It's crazy. He did. He was, uh, surprisingly, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm taking everything with a grain of salt. Again, this isn't just Baker bashing, but they said that he had the highest quarterback rating of any Browns quarterback this season, and he was our third different starter. And... Sure, we 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 played the uh, a shitty defense in the Las Vegas Raiders, but I mean, the Vegas Raiders. Everyone was going into the game acting as if we were playing like the Jets or the Jaguars or something like that. But uh, you know, the uh, the the Raiders are fighting for a playoff spot. So yes, they're not very good. They're not a legitimate Super Bowl contender. But people acting like it was some pushover team. It was kind of the same thing when we played the uh, the Denver Broncos in that Thursday night game. A lot of fans went into it going, oh, yeah, Keenum can play. Who gives a shit? The, the, the Broncos suck. Lo and behold, the Broncos also fighting for a wild card spot right now, right in the thick of things with the Browns. So kind of funny that, that fans – I think what it more so is is that fans kind of overvalued the Browns. and Not in this town. Getting a reality check. Yeah, exactly. They're kind of getting a reality check. In, in the recent weeks and this week was no different. I mean, hats off to the players we did have playing. I mean, defense and offense, um, <clears throat> they, they played, they played better than I thought they would, uh, to be honest, the defense played better than I thought they would. I'm really concerned about miles. I'm sure we'll get more into that a little bit as we go, but, uh, overall, other than the loss at the end, I mean, I knew as soon as they fucking kicked that ball and we had like two minutes left, I'm like, we're going to fucking lose. I think I even texted you. I said, we're losing this game. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I had to, it was hard for me to bite my tongue because you watch it, you have like a 25 second delay. So I really wanted to like instantly text you like, fuck, because, you know, things were happening, they were moving the ball. But I'm like, I can't do it because 
I'd be spoiling things. And the next thing you know, another shitty thing happens for us. And then I'm like, man, I really, I really want to text him, but I can't. And I said, <laughs> I had to just keep my phone down and let the game happen as it did. And then finally I did after it was all said and done. I sent you a simple fuck. That's all it said. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, that's pretty much that sums up the game is one simple word. Fuck. <clears throat> yeah, no, I agree with you though. I mean, kudos to the, uh, the backups and everything that played. Uh, I think it honestly, it speaks volumes to our coaching staff for getting people prepared to play at a, at a high level like that, because um, obviously he didn't play. So we're not, I'm not here to blame Baker, but the fact that fans are so okay with blaming everybody else for our season is crazy to me. And not even just the season, just in, in terms of like anything that goes wrong. So for instance, my example is after the game, I saw people saying, you know, we need to fire Joe Woods. This defense has given up less than 20 points in like five out of the last six weeks or something like that. I'd have to look it up to be sure, but it's something like that. We've given up, we've been playing very well defensively. Uh, The NFL is an offense schemed. The most penalties are designed to help the offense move the ball. It's almost impossible to hold a team to less than 20 points regularly. And our defense has been doing it. And this week they did it missing a lot of starters and a lot of talented starters. I mean, we were without Greg Newsom. Obviously, we were without Jadivian Clowney. Uh, I mean, the list was endless, honestly. Most of our safeties were missing except for John Johnson, who was able to come back. So doing it with backups, guys making plays that you've really never heard of. I mean, Sheldon Day, the defensive tackle, had a really nice game. Um, Tommy Togiai from Ohio State had his first in-game action that I remember seeing. He got a half a sack. Like, guys were showing up and doing some shit. Uh, Porter Gustin, you know, recovering fumbles. These guys that don't play often, undrafted free agents, they come here and they're making great plays. And to me, that speaks volume to the coaching. I I understand in the beginning of the season, I'll be the first to admit, I I was on the fire Joe Woods bandwagon too. But at that time, we were giving up 30-something points a week. We were getting blown out. We had no identity on defense. Took a little time. Looks like the guys are figuring out the system. Um, you know, in the offseason, I think it's more so a talent scheme or a talent issue than it is a scheme issue. Because one thing I noticed on Monday night's game, and that was the Raiders' sole plan was stopping Miles Garrett. And there were a few plays I remember vividly that legitimately Miles Garrett had three guys blocking him. However, oh, yeah. that would be. That would mean somebody else has a chance to get to Derek or to David Carr, but uh, Derek Carr, I'm sorry. And we weren't able to because the talent we had out there in the defensive line wasn't that great. So to me, my biggest takeaway was that in the offseason, getting a stud defensive tackle, and I like Clowney. I would like to see him back for sure, but at the right price because of his age and his injury history. So if it's not extremely team friendly, I'd like to replace him with a really, really good defensive end. And I think that would speak volumes to, or not speak volumes, but it would tremendously help Miles Garrett's production because, you know, a lot of Steeler fans want to say that TJ Watt's better than uh, Miles Garrett. But if you take away Cam Hayward, TJ Watt's not doing what TJ Watt does because they can only give so much attention to one good player that they have to, you know, on any given play, they basically have to go, are we blocking him? Or are we going to try to block him? And it's the same do thing you, with the Rams. I was watching. Do you think Clowney is coming year. back? Do you think Clowney's going to sign another, uh, maybe a two-year contract or something? Uh, you know, again, I, it's really about the situation. My worry is that he, so far at least, came away relatively healthy. He had a really good year, a bounce-back year, if you will. So is there going to be a team that has a lot of cap space that just says, fuck it, we'll give this guy 
you know, 10 million a year. And the Browns are going, Hey man, we'll give you five. <clears throat> we understand your age. We want to be team friendly. We're, you know, they're smart with the cap. And is he going to take the money or is he going to want to stay on the team that he's got familiarity with? I guess only time will tell. I would take him back 100% for the right price, but also I would take him back <clears throat> expecting him to be a part-time player. He's not an every down player. I get that. But my thing is I want to look for a guy that's going to play with Miles Garrett and almost be an every down player. I get it. They're, they're hard to find, but give me like a Bosa caliber kind of player. Like give me that fucking stud defensive end. That's going to play right. every snap. That's going to be disruptive where defenses have to worry about both sides and not just one. So that's kind of my biggest thing. I just want a little help for Miles Garrett because watching him get triple team and nobody really taking advantage of that was uh, somebody giving us jizz shots. What the fuck is that? Or snowballs. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> All right, that's let's, kind uh, of annoying, to be honest. That's very annoying. Let's stop doing that. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll be honest. I thought that Elliot would be a little. I mean, Elliot. I know he's. He's like. He, is he still playing? He still. Did he played all this game. I didn't even see. Uh. No, I don't think so. Um, I thought he'd be better for us this year, to be honest. Like, I know who we have in our defensive tackle, but I thought for sure he'd be better. No, I thought the same thing. I, I kind of thought that, if anything, we were going to get um, – Oh, my God. I'm assuming it's that guy doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I blocked him. Let's try that again. All right. Um, yeah, that's annoying as fuck. I blocked him and reported his account for spam. Cool. <clears throat> uh, but I thought he'd do better this year. But, I mean, we just we just haven't been very good. Oh, my God, it's annoying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't understand how to do it. Oh, hang on. Chip was, was trying to get on with us. I don't know how that works. Yeah, we'll see if he wants to join. I don't know how that works. Anyway, but yeah, like we were saying, sorry, everybody, we are on stereo this week. I will be putting this live, so apologize. Apologies for the issues we're having. Uh, apparently, you can throw snowballs at people on this app now, um, which is annoying as fuck that they would have that feature. Shame on stereo for thinking that's a good idea. Bunch of fucking idiots. Um, what's up, Chip? Chipper, what's up? Fa la 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 la. We're anti-Christmas <laughs> carols here because I did not win that contest, so fuck Christmas. How, how- how did you guys? How did you guys not? How did you guys not start to show off talking about how you got shafted by them? Oh, it's true. You know, we should talk about that. <laughs> what I was actually planning on doing is I was gonna oh. wait and do, um, what's it called? I was gonna do next time we're in person. I was gonna upload it to the show and play it on the episode. I feel like that'd be a better way into it. But I'll give the quick story. Um, <laughs> dude, these snowballs are so fucking annoying. What the hell is this? Um, I backed out of the app, so I'm going to see if maybe you can't hear it if I back out of the app instead of staring at the pictures of us talking. I don't know. Maybe that'll help. Yeah, but, actually, uh, I don't hear it now. Yeah, I don't hear anything either, so I just backed out. Okay, cool. Hopefully that does the trick. So long story short, there was a contest <clears> on a <throat> sports radio station and the contest, apparently they do it every year. I haven't really listened to this show in, in quite some time until recently. And they do a holiday remix Cleveland sports song. 
So you take a Christmas song, you remix it with your own lyrics about Cleveland sports. And I was listening to a few. They kind of sucked. So I was like, you know what? I think I could do something better than that. So I'm sitting at work and I'm fucking around thinking of funny songs. And I came up with a pretty decent one. I came home, recorded it, sent it in, got played on the air the next day. They, all the people on the show laughed pretty hard at it. So I was like, okay, cool. That's a good sign. And today was the finals and they picked their top five and voted on it. And I'm, I'm listening, you know, all years today, expecting my, my song to be on there. If I'm being honest, not to toot my own horn, but it was pretty damn good. And it didn't make the cut. <clears throat> what one? ones that did, uh, honestly, I didn't even listen when mine wasn't one of the top fives. I, I turned it off cause it was my lunch period or my lunch uh, break. So I turned off the radio and, and went to went to lunch, but I really thought I would have been on there when my name wasn't mentioned at all or my song wasn't played. I was gone. I uh, turned it off. So fuck whoever won. And all those songs weren't even very good. One of the ones a guy made was about Bottlegate, but he called it something about t- throwing tall boys. Like they were throwing bottles. That's why it's called Bottlegate. How do you call it a tall wasn't boy? Bottle, that, that... Wasn't Bottlegate like 20 years ago? <laughs> it was, but that just shows you the, the type of songs these people had. They did a song about Bottlegate and called it Tall Boys. It's like it defeats the whole thing. It's known as Bottlegate because we threw bottles. You can't throw a tall boy at a referee unless it's full and closed. Cans don't fly like that, people. (laughs) Simple physics. I think if this would have been on the FM station in Cleveland, you probably would have won. I think the AM station lacked a little humor. Yeah. And, you know, that's the other thing, too. I haven't listened to the AM station in in quite a while, but when I heard – uh, heard your song. I thought it was. I thought it was really well done. But I, I didn't even bother listening to the station today to see if you made it. I was just curious to see if you were going to post something or say something that you actually did or whatever. So I didn't even bother no, listening. They, they keep you in the dark, so that's why I posted today. And I just said, you know, if anyone wants to keep an eye out or wants to listen, I might be on there. You never know. Because another thing that they did after the final entries, the the deadline for entries was last Wednesday. So right. After it ended, every day they would play a handful of songs and say, like, this one was a runner-up. Like, this one didn't make it to the finals, but we're going to play a couple more. And I didn't hear mine at all. So I thought, mine was good enough to where if they weren't going to put me top five, they would have at least played it. And when they didn't even do that, I was like, oh, shit, maybe I made it. And then when I didn't get played today, I was like, all right, that's fucking crazy. These songs all sucked. I actually listened to all five of them. None of them were that good or catchy or funny. And We need to revote. What they were voting on, they did a category. They had it was kind of cool. They had guest judges. They had Gary Barnage, they had uh, Bruce Drennan. Uh, they had some decent judges, and it was out of thirty, each person cast a vote, and each there were categories of ten points. And it was which song was like the most catchy, which one was the most well produced, and then I forgot the third one. It might have just been like lyrics. Which my lyrics were great. My production was pretty solid. I, I actually did like, very uh, true fade out a fade out outro i use audacity like i didn't sing it into my phone some of the guys sounded like they were doing it in a fucking closet or underwater and i thought it was pretty catchy also and didn't even make the cut so they can eat a bag of dicks i am a sore loser Only that should be your I next song right. eat a bag of dicks that'll be next year's christmas remix will be me telling them to eat a bag of dicks like well, <laughs> i can't tell you i can't tell you where the vocals were top notch i mean top notch <laughs> yeah, I mean, I have a whole. I mean, we're not voice, talking. But... We're not talking. We're not talking Adele level quality here. But I mean, you were good. 
Yeah, I mean, I know my voice sucks, so when I write something like that, nobody's nobody's singing my fucking lyrics. Those are for me. So it's gonna, I'm going down with the shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> we're talking, we're talking maybe just a notch above karaoke level. Yeah, a little more vibrato next that. time. I think you would have nailed it. I think a little more like opera type tones. You would have got this. I mean, if it wasn't due that like basically that day, I had to get it in because the deadline was coming up. I was like, you know what? I'm not even going to really, I didn't, I only, honestly, I did it in like three takes. I was like, fuck it. I just want to record it, get it submitted. So maybe next year I'll, I'll take my time, but. Fuck, fuck it. it. We're doing, doing it live. We're doing That's it live. That's what I do, man. I do it live. You know me. I don't like editing. I hate going back and fixing shit. We just roll with the punches. I mean, we had to sit there and listen to somebody throw snowballs at our fucking faces. It's all part we of the game. We just went with it. All right. So back to the game, the shit game that it was. Although kudos to the backups, the Browns' valiant effort fell short. Uh, what say you two? Season over? Does that end the season for the Browns? In my opinion, yes. But what do you guys oh, yeah, think? It's, it's over. I mean, I, I'm getting tired of our local TV, like two, local news stations, kind of be like, "Well, destiny, it's all in their hands. They can, they, they win out, and they they might be in." Fuck no. Hey, we're going to get our asses stomped on Christmas by Santa Claus's big balls. And then we're not going to win maybe one more game after that. And that's it. So, yeah, the season's over. Yeah, oh, I mean, I'm kind no. of in the same boat. Oh, go ahead, Chip. I, I yeah. forgot you're here. I'm not going to lie to you. Sorry. I, I didn't, didn't know if you guys wanted to stay on or just. No, no, you're fine. I mean, Absolutely. Since, since I backed out of the app, it doesn't show the picture. So I just I forgot that you were with us. I, my bad. Go ahead. <laughs> No, hell, hell no, you guys aren't out of it. I mean, uh, <clears throat> the Steelers played Kansas City this week, and as far as I'm concerned, we're going to get our asses stomped this week, um, even though there are a bunch of Kansas City players on the COVID list right now. Uh, you guys are playing Green Bay Saturday night, and that's supposed to be a loss. However, Baltimore and Cincinnati, I think, are playing each other this week. So it's still wide open, and we, we, we play you guys next next Monday night in Pittsburgh. And then after that, you we have uh, – do we have Baltimore or do we have Cincinnati? I forget which. And then you guys have the other to finish out the season. So the, the division is still wide open. I mean, realistically, mathematically, yeah, sure, I, I'm with you. My thought process, though, is just looking towards the future and the schedule. And, I mean, I'm chalking up Saturday to be a loss. So that puts us at 7-8. and eight. Uh, Pittsburgh, I'm, I'm with you. I think Pittsburgh loses to me. Pittsburgh's not our, our threat right now. I mean, sure, the, the Browns statistically are in last place, but my worry is Cincinnati. And with Cincinnati and Baltimore playing each other, one of those teams is walking out of there with a ninth win. And assuming the Browns lose, that sets us at seven wins. They're going to be ha- they're going to have nine wins going into the last two weeks of the season. Damn near impossible to catch up to one of those teams with the, even if we split with Cincinnati. Um, I forgot the remaining schedule. I mean, don't get me wrong. One of those teams could lose out. The Browns could win the last two, and it comes down to a tiebreaker, uh, which the Browns Which I think win. the Browns, yeah, they hold that, yeah. So we would, but I just think it's, it's asking a little too much. And, and my takeaway, too, is we're at week 16. What the fuck do the Browns fans think are going to happen with this team? We've looked so bad all year. Why do people think we're going to just roll out of bed one week and be great? Why do they think we can all of a sudden beat Pittsburgh? Does Pittsburgh look beatable every once in a while? Do they look beatable to the way the Browns have played this year? To me, no. I mean, we played them on Halloween. The Browns couldn't move the ball. They Another great performance by the defense, holding Pittsburgh to, what, 15 points that game? And you yeah. lost? That's embarrassing. You scored 10 points. 
The Browns are barely scoring 15 points a game. Uh, to me, I just I don't think we're going to be able to do it against any of these teams. Even if we make it well, to the playoffs, it's going to be very ugly first round. Well, the next yeah, and the that's next, the other thing too. The 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 Brown the Browns and Steelers are both very beatable. I mean, both offenses look like shit right now. Um, <clears throat> our defense and our defense has kept us in the games because they kept us in the games, and we've somehow managed to pull shit out of our asses the last in the, in the second half of the last three or four games. But yeah, these next two weeks should be key, obviously, because again, you guys play Green Bay Saturday, we play uh, Kansas City, and then we play each other in two weeks. So obviously, the next two weeks are going to be key for both of us. Yeah, this season to me was supposed to be obviously, you know, on paper before it all started, this season was supposed to be Baltimore and Cleveland battling for the division. Second place probably gets a wild card. Pittsburgh, everyone kind of thought was going to fall off, not really be a concern. And I think most people thought Cincinnati was going to take a little longer to develop than, than they currently are. I mean, they, they skyrocketed to eight wins. Who saw that coming? We all expected Cincinnati to more than likely all of us assumed they'd finish fourth in the division. True. And everything's kind of flip-flopped where, I mean, this season could end with the, the Browns and Ravens at three and four and Cincinnati Pittsburgh one and two when, when everyone thought it would be the opposite. So it's been a very weird season, obviously injuries, COVID, all this crazy shit has altered anyone's projections and expectations so I'm, I'm with you guys though I mean I mean Chipper you you put it perfectly I mean sure that that's a very possible outcome uh it's still reasonable that it could happen but as a Browns fan from what I've seen this year I think at best we're going to end the season one and three in these final or one and two in these final three games and that's just not going to be enough because you know like I said either the Ravens or the Bengals the odds of them tying are slim to none. So one of them will be at nine wins come Sunday evening. And I think that just about six a fork in the Browns, if they don't beat green Bay. And I don't think that they well, will. Here's my other question too, is I haven't Spoiler seen any updates. For later. <laughs> I haven't seen oh, you going, you're going Browns. That's awesome. Um, yeah. I haven't seen any COVID <laughs> updated list yet. Like nobody's come off the COVID list yet. That's crazy. I thought they tested today too. Uh, yeah, they did. We had a, we had we had like two people come off only. It was uh, Jacob Phillips, and I forgot the other player, and obviously Stefanski. I think it was two players and Kevin Stefanski. That was it today. Um, Jamie Gillen Baker, came off the list today. Yeah, yeah but he also he, got let go. He came <laughs> off a couple lists. He came off the roster. <laughs> you, 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 you get rid you get rid of your punter, but you, you keep your field goal kicker. <laughs> I mean, in, yeah. in their defense, Colquitt's been punting really well. He's pinning teams inside the five. He's doing great. In terms of the kicker, look around the NFL. There's so many teams that have been bouncing around kickers and they can't find a good one. So uh, Chase McLaughlin's been missing a lot of kicks. Don't get me wrong, but I also don't think there's He's anything much better out there. Yeah, He's so I, two I for his last six. Yeah. There's really not a better option. So at this point in the season, do you really want to risk it and pick up a guy that clearly nobody else wanted for most of the season? Or just roll well, with who's comfortable awesome in the right locker now. room. I mean, Phil Dawson awesome could probably right still come in here and bang him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I forgot the other player, but there definitely was a second player today. That so I assume the rest of them might come off tomorrow or, or Friday. What's the deadline? They Maybe it was Cooper. I think it was, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was Cooper <clears throat> and Jacob Phillips today. Is it Saturday, um, the, the, date, the deadline they have to be off of in order to play? Or is it Friday? Well, guys, this is what I heard on, on the radio uh, 
earlier today is that there are some players that the 10th the, the day is Saturday. And I think Baker is one of them that if they test, test negative on Saturday, that they can actually fly up to green Bay day of the game. So I think, I think it's it, for him his 10th day, because he's vaccinated, he's automatically allowed to return. According to what I heard, if I'm not mistaken from what Stefanski said on uh, yesterday morning, <clears throat> because he was saying that his and Baker's return day would be Saturday, regardless of like what happens. If they test negative, obviously like Stefanski did today, they're allowed back early. Is that why the AM Saturday? Is that why the AM station was making jokes about him flying commercial up to Green Bay? <laughs> yeah, they were saying like imagine Baker on the on the on the plane in full uniform asking people like, "Excuse me, do you guys mind if I get off first? I got something." To do. <laughs> Baker from said the, that. That's funny. From the back of the plane, he's walking through as the plane lands. Excuse me, pardon me. Excuse me, pardon me. <laughs> Yeah, they're, they're, they were cracking some jokes about that. Something tells me that Jimmy Haslam's going to have a different, easier flight set up for Baker. But, um, yeah, it looks like he'll be ready to go Saturday regardless. It's just obviously you'd hope that he comes back sooner rather than later. You don't want him to come back uh, Saturday morning. He's activated, which is, is, is fine, but no practice for damn near two weeks against our, arguably the best team in football. Actually, they technically are, I think, um, is difficult. Very What's difficult. the chances Green Bay sits anybody now that they lock the playoffs up? <laughs> um, well, don't they, don't they still want none. the number one seed, though? Yeah, exactly. You're, nowadays, <laughs> there's no number one and number two get a bye. It's number one only. Number one gets a bye, and that's it. So getting that number one seed is extremely important to teams. So until they lock that up, they're not sitting a fucking soul. Well, <laughs> Green, Bay, Green Bay wants that number one seed so they can rest the – Aaron's uh, COVID toe for a week. I mean, on the COVID bright side, toe. for them, I expect it to be a blowout, so they'll probably be able to rest some guys in the second half. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Just being honest. Uh, so really quickly, we'll go over. I have the playoff bracket up right now. I figure what better time than now to talk about it. So we'll go through the AFC first. You have Kansas City at 10-4, and four, the one seed. What a turn of events for them. Uh, started off so poorly, looked like, you know, the Chargers might even run away with the division. And Kansas City quickly put most of that to rest. And they're at 10-4. and four. They're playing great. They look like the the team to beat in the AFC. Any surprises for you guys there? No. Yeah, I think that's kind of what we all expected. Obviously, they had a slower start. But, I mean, it's kind of weird to think about how early in the season people were like, wow, Kansas City sucks. They're terrible. I, I remember Browns fans were bitching about uh, Patrick Mahomes saying like, "Oh, Baker's better than him now." Blah blah blah. And I think he quickly came back to reality at ten and four. They're doing what we thought they would do. Well, I'm the pretty sure that me. Uh, Go ahead. I, I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure that a lot of people said that about Kansas City the first four, five, six weeks of the season. Now mm-hmm. they finally got their def- They finally got their defense together, and now the offense has probably found, found their groove. So they're doing what was was expected of them. I mean, um, that is the Chargers. That is crazy. Oh God. And the Chargers, they they were, they were supposed to be in the mix to begin with, so what they're doing was expected. Yeah, the Chargers are pretty much sitting right where I expected them to be uh, with the Chiefs. So their defense, that's a good good point you brought up. Steve Spagnola, the defensive coordinator there, he turned them around in a month, give or take. They started off as one of the worst defenses in football. They couldn't stop anybody. And over the last couple of weeks, they have been one of the best defenses in football. So that's an extremely impressive what they've done. 
offensively, when you have Patrick Mahomes, you have Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, et cetera. I, I always said they're going to be fine. I think they just kind of were, you know, falling asleep at the wheel a little bit in the beginning of the season. And Mahomes was just not as accurate. He was still making his crazy throws, but a little less of them and a, a few more turnovers. And since then, I mean, it's pretty smooth sailing for Kansas City. You put the ball in that offense's hands and there's like a 90% chance they're scoring a touchdown. They're just so fucking good. Yeah, that's this why week, I got, though, I got, will I got, be a tough matchup. The, they're facing the Steelers who – on paper, Kansas City, sure, they should kick their ass. But as Chipper said earlier, with the addition of – they just had an offensive tackle go on the COVID list. They had Kelsey. They have Tyreek Hill. So they're starting to lose a few players. But unless they lose Patrick Mahomes, I'm, I'm, I'm going to roll with the, the Kansas City Chiefs pretty much every week. Now the two seed, that's the shocker, New England Patriots. Yeah, who saw that coming? Saw this coming with a rookie quarterback to boot. Uh, easily my my most disliked quarterback coming out. I did not think Mac Jones was going to be anything in the NFL. And don't be wrong, he's not setting any records or doing anything great, but he is playing great game management football. And when you're with Bill Belichick and you have a great defense like they do, that game management quarterback is just what the doctor ordered. So at 9-5, and five, the Patriots are definitely a surprise for me. He got a well, little woke exactly. up last week, though. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the Colts, I, I've been saying it all year. I, I'm a big fan of the Colts. I'm a big believer in uh, Carson Wentz. And I thought getting them, getting him to Indianapolis was a huge thing, a huge move. And it's paying dividends for them. And that's exactly what he's doing. He's being the game manager. He's not making, making the stupid mistakes. He, he's not having to throw for 300 yards or five, four or five touchdowns a game. I mean, whatever it, that, there's nothing dynamic about that offense. They're just doing whatever they, the hell they move. They move the it, ball. They move the ball. Yeah, because it, because yeah, it's of the goat of head of head coaches is doing what he's doing. Smart football, kill the clock, wear the defense down, and then their defense is great. I mean, when you have Bill Belichick, obviously last week, like Kyle said, they, their defense was terrible, but um, the Patriots' defense for most of the year has been dominant. I mean, J.C. Jackson's one of the best corners in football, if not the best. Um, and they're, they're able to stop the run. They, they create turnovers. And it's just crazy because they don't really have any studs on that defense. It's just good players that are well-coached doing their jobs. And that's the Patriot way. And they're doing it again. I hate to see it. Well, isn't it exactly the Belichick way, though? He's never had a superstar, per se, except for, except for Tom Brady. He's never really had a superstar on the offense. He's never really had a, quote, superstar on the defense. It's all been about the team uh yes and no I mean they've had some really good players in in their primes I mean when you look at Richard Seymour Teddy Bruskies just to name a few guys back in the day I mean uh, Randy Moss yeah I mean getting Randy, Randy Moss, Moss wasn't in his prime they don't have to be in their prime I mean Randy Moss in his subprime is was still a great option for Tom Brady down the yeah, field I mean he was the best wide receiver in football that year so he was still <laughs> pretty primed <laughs> I mean, um, I think he said. I think they set records that year, if I'm not mistaken, with his touchdowns. Yeah, Brady, and and, and uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure they did. They set they set a record. Uh, that's the year that they went undefeated in the regular season. I mean, they were dominant. Um, defensively, though, I mean, you got like Rodney Harrison. There were guys that they may not have been at the time huge household names, but those are guys that went on to be Hall of Famers. And you know, they had a lot of really good players on that team. But again, a lot of it is with coaching. These are guys that weren't taken in the first round. That that were second-day picks back in the day. 
and right. undrafted guys you never really heard of, and they just turned into studs because of Bill Belichick. So it does speak volumes to him and his coaching abilities, which you know you can never take that away from him. Uh, three seed, you have the Tennessee Titans, who are coming off an embarrassing loss to Pittsburgh. Not embarrassing to lose hey, to Pittsburgh. Hey, 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 well, hey. The way they did it. The way they did it. When you have that lead at halftime, you shut the Pittsburgh offense down like they did, and then you turn it over, what, four times, five times, whatever the fuck, and four. you literally piss away the game. It's, uh, like, it's like they had a fear of the football for a couple of plays in a row there. They didn't want to really hold on did. to the damn thing. It, the, the weather was okay. It was just a little cold. It wasn't raining or anything like that. So for them to have the, the, the butterfingers that they did was, was kind of shocking. And that's a, you know, down the Belichick tree, Mike Vrabel coach team supposed to be disciplined. They showed his face on the sideline a bunch of times and he looked disgusted with them turning the fucking ball over. It was funny. Um, but you hate to see it when Pittsburgh wins. You just hate to see it. Well, that's exactly, I, that's I exactly what, that's exactly why we wanted it because you know, they shut us down in the first half, and then the second half they gave us three turnovers, albeit we only scored we only scored, you know, field goals off of those turnovers. But just the fact that they turned the ball over when they if they just hung on to it, run out the clock, yeah, they, they would have won handily the way they were keeping our offense sh- shut down like they like the Steelers offense always is. And yeah, I mean I remember talking about this game last week with Kyle because this was one that we had different picks on. I, I picked the Steelers and I was like, this game's tough because <clears throat> you have the Titans who are not playing great football right now. They're pretty inconsistent going up against the Steelers right. who are playing the same way. However, at home, I just went with the better team. It was kind of like a pick 'em game to me. And I usually go with the home team in that situation. So that's the main reason I went with Pittsburgh and it, it paid dividends because I extended my lead in my, our pick 'em <laughs> league. <laughs> and there it is. <laughs> And we go to the fourth seed, the AFC North division leaders, the Cincinnati Bengals, eight and six. Again, are probably my, I I would say the Patriots are definitely my biggest AFC surprise and the Bengals are my second because, well, I guess I could say the Bills are the the worst surprise, but um, the the Bengals, again, I I expected them to be terrible. I thought them passing on an offensive lineman was going to be brutal. Uh, they went with Jamar Chase, who started off as one of the best rookie wide receivers in history and has since kind of fizzled out a little bit. Yeah, uh, what the hell happened to him the last few weeks? I mean, that just goes – that speaks volumes for the the Denver defense. Kyle and I talk about it every week. The Denver defense is legit. They are really good. They're a young, hungry defense. They can shut teams down. And what's crazy is that they're doing this without Von Miller, who they obviously traded at the right. trade deadline. And their defense really didn't lose anything. When you get rid of a guy like him, I mean, imagine the Browns' defense without Miles Garrett. You you go, well, they're going to fucking suck. And they traded away Von Miller, who I get it. He's old. He's not in his prime anymore. But he is still a pretty good disruptive player. And their defense almost got better. So they just went out there and shut Jamar Chase down. But the problem is their offense for the Broncos wasn't able to do anything. And especially, I, after, especially after Teddy got carted off. Yeah, he yeah. Took what happened? What happened with it? I saw the hit live. I mean, it, it looked. I guess it looked bad, but I mean, did he break anything? Anything like sprained no, or? Just, he just he landed on his head. Concussion protocol. He got knocked out. He was. Uh, if he would have cleared concussion protocol, he would have played this week, but he did not. So they officially listed him as out. Um, they said Drew Locke's going to play this week, but uh, as far as I know, it was literally just a concussion. He just landed on his head and kind of knocked the sense out of himself. Yeah, I just I just can't believe what's happened to Jamar Chase over the last couple of weeks. I mean, this week alone, I mean, 
I've got him on my fantasy team. And when I looked at this week, he had one catch for three yards. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, I thought that was going to be a dagger. Luckily, I played a guy this week who his team also didn't put up any points. And I was able to get the win in the playoffs. But definitely scary when Jamar Chase was my number one wide receiver. And he is not performing that way as of late. No, you almost have to question me. Do you keep him as a number one or you know, wide receiver one or two in your fantasy lineup going forward? This week, for sure, going up against the Baltimore defense, who their secondary are full of guys that were working at a gas station last week. So I am more than okay with starting Jamar Chase now. <laughs> uh, next up, we have the Colts, who are coming off that huge win against the Patriots. Um, at 8-6, and six, I mean, if the Colts keep rolling, they have a tough game this week. I think they play the, uh, the Niners. Um, or no, no, not the Niners. I'm sorry. That's Thursday Night Football. Uh who the hell do the Colts play? I could look up the schedule, but I'm just late. They play the they play the Cardinals this week. That's yeah. it. Okay, so yeah, Arizona. I knew it was a tough game. I just couldn't remember who the hell they played. Um, so that's a tough one. But if the Colts keep rolling, the Titans have been so inconsistent, they could kind of sneak up and, and take the South. Um, but they're right, about right where I expected them. I knew the Colts would be a pretty good team in playoff contention. The sixth seed, as Chipper mentioned earlier, you have the Chargers at eight and six, who are again kind of doing what I expected. They are a uh, up-and-coming team, Justin Herbert is turning into one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL. Uh, kudos to them. I mean, they're they're doing it. Young team, young coach. Looks like they're going to be a problem in the AFC for years to come. The seventh Agreed. seed is a surprise. Buffalo, who everybody thought were going to be battling with Kansas like City, number one, one number two, yeah, are they're taking they're taking number twos on the field instead of playing like a number two team. <laughs> What do you think? I mean, is is it like just shit. the run game that they don't have? I mean, there, there's yeah. more to that. I mean, there has to be more to that. I mean, it's they a little bit of everything. Game. I mean, you have no running game at all. That You're one-dimensional. It's a little easier to game plan. Obviously, over the last couple of weeks, they've been able to score. Uh, as you saw against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they, they had a huge game offensively passing <clears> the ball <throat> in the second half. It was a little too little too late, but they were able to figure it out. Their biggest problem, though, and I think I said this last week, was losing uh, Tredavious White. That was oh, huge. their defense, yeah. Yep. They, I mean, at the, at one point they had the best defense in football. Then they had a couple injuries, and then you lose. They lost White, and that for whatever reason has he must have been like their complete defensive leader because their defense is not very good anymore. Uh, it's okay, but it's not the scary like dominant defense that it started off as. So. Just I don't know. They either they either need to, they are who they are, or they have to regather themselves. But it's getting a little late for them, so they better figure it out soon. No, it's like you said though, Justin, that uh, the fact that their offense has no one no running game whatsoever. I mean, they they're going between was it at least three running backs between uh, Breda, uh, Singletary, and Moss, and neither one of none of them can establish being the the top dog. Yeah, he must be in the doghouse or something big time with the coaching staff because Zach Moss is most of the most weeks this year he's been inactive. He's been a healthy scratch. So yeah. for a team that has no rushing attack to get healthy scratched as a I think he was a second round pick last year, that says something to me. That says that, that guy must be a shitty teammate or something. There's something going on there because there's no other excuse to not play a guy when your your running game is so inept. But they keep doing it, so there's something to be said about that. But when you're a one-dimensional team, uh, you know, like I said, that's easy for teams to pick apart, especially in, in at this level. Well, they got a potential first-round matchup this week. They got the Patriots this week. I'm very curious to see this this rematch here because if you remember the last time they played in Buffalo, that was the uh, super windy, snowy game, and that's where Mac Jones threw the ball three times. New 
England was able to take the win by just running the ball and playing good defense. I'm very curious to see. I don't know what the weather's supposed to be like in Foxborough, but I mean it's Foxborough in December, so I just no, it's isn't cold. it? It's at New England, isn't it? I thought their last yeah. one. Was... No, Foxborough is New England. Yeah. Yeah, this game is in New England. Yeah, yeah. It's Foxborough. Foxborough's in in New England. <clears throat> Oh, okay. I was right. I was wondering what the hell Chipper's talking about. I'm like, wait, what am I saying wrong? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so the weather. No, it's it's in Massachusetts. Can we stop, really? I mean, come on now. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. It's not New England. It's Massachusetts. Get it right. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so they're playing there. I expect the weather to be, you know, cold. I don't know if it's projected to rain or anything like that. I didn't look that far into it yet. But uh should be a really good matchup because this is a game that I expect Bill to kind of have the same game plan of, they're going to shut down the passing game because Buffalo's running game isn't a threat. And it, it did, it looked more so that the wind was a huge factor in the inaccuracy of Josh Allen and just the bills offense in general. So if it's not that bad out, I'm curious to see how they attack them, especially after maybe getting a little bit of a game plan from the Colts that you need to pound the rock at them. But as we said before, their run game sucks. They'd have no one, even close to the talent of Jonathan Taylor, unless it's just Josh Allen running option plays all day, because obviously that's their best offensive weapon. 40 degrees, rain, winter, wintry mix on Sunday. Okay. So not as bad. Um, That's cold. It's going to be shitty, but you know, Josh Allen, I think he could play in that weather. He'll be okay. I'm excited to watch that matchup. That should be a really good game. And considering the Browns play on Saturday, I have my whole Sunday to myself. So that's definitely a game I'm going to keep an eye on. And then we wrap I, up the – I can't believe that that game is actually a 1 o'clock game on Sunday. It is not the Sunday night game or the Monday night game. The Sunday night game well, is Washington and Dallas, but then the 425 game on Sunday is Denver and Las Vegas. <laughs> yeah, that's garbage. Um, the NFL really fucked up with their scheduling. I mean, even like the, the Monday night game is Miami and New Orleans. That, like, yeah. Who the fuck? Who, who scheduled that? Are you kidding me? Even if Jameis Winston never got hurt, would you still give a shit about Jameis against Tua? Not me. I kind of thought that the NFL might have might have tried to. I mean, they probably. I think there's still time, but they would think the NFL would try to at least flex that to the Sunday night or four twenty five or even the Monday night game. Yeah, I would hope so because even you know Washington against Dallas, who gives a fuck about that game either? Well, they are America's team, other than the Steelers. The fuck <laughs> they are, <laughs> and that goes for both of them. <laughs> and the eighth seed is the Baltimore Ravens, who we'll recap the week that was. But Tyler Huntley uh, was impressive against the the Green Bay Packers. I mean, they looked like ass in the first half. Uh, John Har or Jim Harbaugh's fucking play calling is is ridiculous. The amount of times he goes for it on fourth down situations and in two point conversions when you have arguably the greatest field goal kicker of all time and you're fucking around going for two and then going forward on fourth down I don't understand it and it's cost him two games so far this year so it's easy for fans to go well he's won a Super Bowl so it is what it is we trust him for me I'm looking at it as like dude the division is yours if you want it he keeps fucking giving you swallowed your phone oh really my bad I was just a can of white claw I was thinking about Harbaugh and going for two and, and not. Well, I heard that part, but I think the part you went out on is when you asked us what we thought. I thought maybe you were just practicing your deep throw techniques, but I wasn't going to judge. <laughs> no, no, no. I saved that for you. Uh, <laughs> the uh, the question I was asking was, what are your guys' thoughts on 
him going for it all the time and, and pissing away games. I think he just gets tired of playing football. He's just like, fuck it. Let's just go for it. We, we miss it. We lose. We, we get it. We win. We can go home. <laughs> yeah, he strikes me as the kind of guy that, like, at halftime, he makes dinner reservations and he will not <laughs> call to cancel. So he's like, this game has to end because I have dinner. I don't get it because, you know, if you, again, like you said, you got the best field goal kicker, just kicked it and, and, and go for the tire, whatever. However, in this week, I will kind of sort, kind of sort of stand up for him by saying, okay, if you go to overtime and by some chance – you lose a toss and Aaron Rodgers gets the ball to start overtime. What do you think is going to happen? <laughs> right. I understand that. But I also just feel like give your team a chance. And I, this goes even in the first quarter. They're very he just doesn't drive. trust his defense. That's all. I mean, he didn't trust the defense the last time because he didn't have any defensive players back there. I, I think this is all he's doing this for is because he just doesn't trust the defense to make a stop. So he doesn't want to put the chances on a coin toss. So he's going to put the chances in his hands or his team's hands. You win, you win, you win. If you don't, you don't, because he doesn't think his defense is going to do anything. Like, don't get me wrong. I understand, like, the butterfly effect thing, which I'll get into a theory. Not a theory I have, but a, a an explanation that I have of something. But in the, the very movie, first – by the way. The, oh, it's a great movie. The, uh, the very oh, first drive for the uh, Ravens, they – we're at like the five yard line and he went for it on fourth down. And for me, I'm just thinking like, take the three points. You're in Lambo kind of establish a little dominance of like, you know, we drove down, no problem. We scored, we can move the ball, give your team a little confidence. Instead you go for it on fourth down. And I mean, I get it. It's working, but eventually teams are going to start shutting down Mark Andrews when they realize that's the only person you throw to it. To me, it's kind of simple defense to play against that. You just throw a really good cover guy on Mark Andrews and the offense is really going to struggle. And that goes for Lamar Jackson or Huntley. But uh, what I was going to have with the butterfly effect thing are the people that are blaming Chase McLaughlin for the loss because he missed the halftime going into halftime field goal. Now, I the one thing, when, oh, God. Now, the one thing I will say in regards to the play calling, I mean, yeah, you are right uh, about the whole Mark Andrews thing. But when you have a quarterback like a Lamar Jackson, even Huntley has played pretty well as far as a running quarterback goes. You at least got to give your quarterback options. You know, like I saw the play the other night, you know, he was rolling to his right. Well, if you're rolling to the right, his, his options are limited. But if you do something like maybe a quarterback draw or something else to give your quarterback options, well, it, the play call would have been better. But the play the, the call that, that played it was made, rolling to the right and trying to hit Andrews only, it was just a horrible play call in my opinion. I agree. I mean, I'm no expert, but watching that game, you had the entire first half or the, the whole game. I mean, the middle of the field was wide open for draw plays, you know, quarterback sneaks, whatever. They could not contain the middle of the field. So you're going for two. Their weakest part of the defense is the middle. You run a bootleg where you only have one receiving option over there. So right. the defense was pretty easy. It was pretty easy to read that Mark Andrews is getting the ball. And that's exactly what I think it was Darnell Savage. He read the play like a book ran over batted the ball away game over they did say they did say that hollywood brown was supposedly open in the in the middle middle of the field in the end zone but quarterbacks are always taught or told that you when you're rolling to your right you don't ever try to throw back across across field so especially in the end zone like that because like if you throw it in the middle of the field and you're 20 yards away there's a right. little more room to get open when you're in the end zone there's only so much room for guys so right you know everything's a little tighter and again, you're doing it with a, a an inexperienced quarterback. Like maybe Lamar Jackson could make that play. To no, he couldn't. 
Well, I mean, uh, (laughs) maybe Lamar Jackson would get ballsy enough to throw it in the middle of the field like that to Hollywood Brown, but there's no way Huntley would. So just a a really bad play design. I I don't agree with it, but I mean, I'm happy they lost. They can go fuck themselves. And uh, what I was getting at though with the Chase McLaughlin thing is he missed that kick going into, into halftime and all Browns fans wanted to do. And this was the funny part for me. They blamed him for the loss and they blamed Joe Woods because the two things they have to bitch about was a missed field goal and the yards we gave up for the game-winning field goal for them. However, if McLaughlin makes that field goal, why does everyone just assume the second half of the game goes exactly as it did? Right. And, and that the Raiders don't play a different style because analytically speaking, teams are literally down to the, the snap designing what they're going to do based on the score, based on the time on the clock, all this kind of right. shit. So fans just assumed the game would have ended the exact same way. We also had to get a fourth down touchdown, which who's to say that we're in that same situation or we get it in the, the new circumstances if McLaughlin k- makes the kick. So I, I, th- I think Browns we've established there's a lot of uneducated people when it comes to Brown's fan base. We've, we've established that already. I mean. oh, it's, it's, it's not only the Brown's fan, fan base, it's – yeah, it's, bases, trust it's me. a pandemic. It, it spreads <laughs> like COVID, the stupidity <laughs> of football. But yeah, those were the three complaints I saw from Browns fans was uh, the kicker, Joe Woods, and play calling. They still bitched about play calling, even though we had a rookie quarterback, or not a rookie, but an inexperienced quarterback making his first start ever for the Cleveland Browns. Their complaint was the third down in the fourth quarter. We had the, we had the lead. We ran the ball on third down. If we would have gotten it, everyone would have been – Jumping for joy, couldn't have been happier, but because we didn't get it, everyone just bitched and said it was a stupid play call. We should have passed. But if we I passed, thought it was, I thought it was the right call. I really do. I, I do too. Because if we pass and it's incomplete, you waste no time, and then the fans are going to bitch about that. So you really just can't make anybody happy unless you win. So regardless I mean, of what you're, you you're do, giving so- the ball to a guy in the in the previous you know previous drive or the current drive has moved the ball down the field. Chubb was starting to catch holes and, and, and move the ball. So you're, what, 30 and 3, I think the play was. So, yeah, give the guy the, give the, guy the chance to break up the field, to push it forward. You know, I, it's a right call, I think. Yes. It's, also, it's stupid. You're also giving the ball to your best offensive player at the time behind what's supposed to be, granted, they were, they were short one or two offensive linemen, but supposed to be behind one of the best offensive lines in, in football. So a third and three, you should be able to get the. The, the three yards and then kill the clock from there. Yeah. My thought process on it was we ran a little bit to the right. We were going kind of towards the guard slash center, which like Chipper said, we were missing two of our starters. Our third starter that was still playing was playing out of position. We had Batonio playing left tackle for the first time in his career. So to me, the common sense play is run at your best two players on the line who happen to be right next to each other in JC Treader and Wyatt Teller. And kudos to the Raiders. I mean, I know Browns fans don't want to give anybody credit, but the the team you're playing is also being paid to try to beat you and to try to be good at their job. They played, they just had a really good defensive play right there and they were able to make the stop. But, you know, if we would have passed and it was incomplete, fans would have complained. There's literally nothing you can do to please people other than just win. So I just want to complain about that. I hate reading Browns fans bitching about coaching and shit like that. Um, In my opinion, Baker is long gone before Kevin Stefanski is gone because Andrew Barry and Kevin Stefanski have yet to get their own quarterback in here. And I think until that happens, Stefanski's safe, in my opinion. Oh, he's not going anywhere. I think Stefanski's scared to stay. 
not that I think that, you know, obviously the, the front office is going to listen to the fans, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm sick of seeing people complain about Stefanski and the play calling every week. It, it really irritates me because here's the, guy the came thing, in, took you to the playoffs. Coach yeah, the you're going to have two winning seasons underneath the Stefanski. I think the Browns do finish above 500 this year. So now you have two winning seasons under one coach. There's no reason he's going anywhere. You're, you're going to continue to run his offense, but now you're going to have to either either deal with Baker, live with Baker, or you go and find someone that fits your scheme. But, yeah, it's Stefanski's not going anywhere, and yeah. neither is his coaching staff. It, it's not, not that I think he's going anywhere. It's more I just – I'm sick of seeing fans – saying he should be fired when something goes wrong instead of complaining about the shit that you should actually be complaining about like Baker's poor performances or you know somebody dropping a ball or you know whatever they just automatically go the play calling sucks meanwhile how many plays even against Baltimore remember when Demetri Felton dropped that fourth down ball or third down whatever and they show Stefanski going what the fuck or whatever he said on the sideline what the hell are we doing yeah yeah like you could tell like that was a great play call the guy was wide open it just wasn't executed if the players don't execute, play calling doesn't matter anyway. Your job and, is to put plays in the field that will work. And he's been putting plays in the field that should work, that should work if, if executed correctly. If you can't get players to execute those plays, then what's the issue? Not the coach, it's the players. And you need exactly. to swap them out. Well, the one thing – To our TED Talk. The one thing I like to point out in, in defense of the offense, not of, in defense of Baker – but in defense of the <clears throat> offense itself is the fact that you guys at least have to admit that you guys don't have a legitimate number one wide receiver. Jarvis no, Landry not at all. Is, no, I, I admit is, that is a number one receiver for the for your team because there's nobody else, and he's he's supposed to be a, a number two or a slot receiver. He's he's the number one for the simple fact that there is no other legitimate number one wide receiver. If you guys had that legitimate deep threat, then I'm sure the offense would be a lot better off. Yeah, I mean, Peoples-Jones is a decent deep threat, but he's not consistent enough, doesn't get open all the time. Uh, he's a number two at best, in my opinion. I don't think he'll ever be number one. I mean, we need that 6'3", six, 6'4", six, receiver that can go down the field with speed and has, has good hands. That's your number one. You put Peoples-Jones as your number two, and then you have Schwartz or Jar- Landry or whatever in your, your slot. That's your that's ideal right there, but we, we need that next piece. You know, It's unfortunate. Yeah, our offense is it, – it's pretty much – full of number twos and threes wide receiver wise. So correct until we address that. I mean, obviously we'll get into that in the off season, but my big thing is that, you know, wide receiver is going to be a huge need for the Browns. Um, but we'll go over that another time. No, wait a minute. We're, we're in week 16. You guys aren't wanting to talk draft already. Oh, I know no, that, 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 that w- with, with Justin, that'd be a whole episode in itself. Oh, I, so. I'll break, I'll break down quarterbacks right now. Cause that's my number one priority. So we'll get into that. No, 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 <laughs> no, no. Well, it's, it's, it's just so rare that, you know, we're late this late in the season and you guys aren't Browns fans aren't wanting to talk draft already. Oh, I'll take that, me, I'll, Chipper, I'll take that kid out of, I'll take that people, kid out of pit. They're just refusing to talk draft because they don't want to admit defeat. That's exactly what honestly where they're at. I guarantee Browns fans all over are paying attention to the draft. They're looking at the draft order, but they don't want to talk about it because they don't want their friend to go, what, shut the fuck up. The season's still going. We still have a chance. Nobody wants to admit it, but I, I've been looking at the draft forever. <laughs> and really quickly, we'll recap the NFC uh, playoff picture really quick, and then we'll do a quick recap of last week's games and get into our picks because we've gone kind of long now that I look at it. Jeez. My apologies. No, no, no. I, I like it. Gave us something. To Great talk talks. Yeah. So we have Green Bay eleven and three, best team in the NFL. 
Dallas, a surprising 10 and four at the two seed. Um, they've looked, are they really won, surprising? They look very beatable. Um, what's surprising about Dallas being the two seed is just because they're, of again, they're how never, they're never they confident with their wins. Like they win, but it's always like shaky wins. Yeah. When, when they win, it's kind of like, you're like, Oh fuck, that was tough. <clears throat> and I think it's taken a lot out of them because their defense started off so well and the offense struggled. And then some games they have a little bit of both, like even against the giants last week, they, they looked okay, but it wasn't like a, I don't know. It wasn't like a confident win. You don't see them win and go, fuck that team's scary. I kind of look at the Cowboys and I'm like, all right, they'll make the playoffs. They probably maybe make it to the second round. Um, now that now for me, they're, they're, the only reason why they're surprising is the fact that they are number two, because for me, Arizona was supposed to be number one or two, but uh, because they lost the last two, what, two, three in a row is why they're, why Arizona is the third seed, if I'm not mistaken. Fourth. But, uh, yeah, they're fourth actually behind Tampa Bay. They all have the same record, though. They're all 10 and four. Um, okay. But the problem, Arizona has just a, a little too many injuries to overcome. We talked about it last week, Kyle and I, with uh, DeAndre Hopkins. That news coming right. out, I think that completely cripples their offense. He is arguably the best wide receiver in football he is kyler's 100 percent security blanket and without him their offense obviously struggled i mean they just lost to the lions for god's sake um they couldn't do anything on offense they couldn't stop anybody on defense just too many injuries some guys missing with the covid stuff they have you know deandre hopkins out for at least the rest of the season uh things aren't good for arizona and to me i'd be like i'd be shocked if they even win the division at this point because the rams are playing pretty hot Agreed. Uh, three seed, though, is Tampa Bay, who got shut out. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers shut out by the New Orleans Saints. R.I.P. Windows. Game. Rest in peace, Windows Surface Tablet. <laughs> yeah, he threw the – that was his best throw of the night. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, the fifth seed, well, we said Cardinals are four. Fifth seed, the Los Angeles Rams, who had a big win yesterday against the Seattle Seahawks. Big division win. They are 10-4. and four. Arizona's 10-4. and four. Going to be a battle for the division there. That should be a good one to watch. Don't look now. The San Francisco 49ers. Ah, he still listens to us. It's our coach. Hot as fuck. They are one of the hottest teams in football. They are eight and six. They are currently sitting in the second wild card spot. And crazy. Who saw that coming? I, I, I didn't expect them to be good at all. And he listened, to our, he listened to our TED talk. He, he and listened then, to yeah, us. Yeah, Kyle Shanahan was like, you know what? Those guys are right. And he's steering the ship. In the clearer waters, things are looking pretty good for San Francisco, minus all the smog and shit out there. Um, seventh seed, Minnesota Vikings. My boys. Who, who saw this coming? They are one of the most inconsistent teams. Kirk Cousins, though, kudos to him. He is winning primetime games, which is something he's never been able to do in his career. He, he's been ridiculed mercilessly for being one of the shittiest primetime quarterbacks in football. Helps when you have one of the best receivers in the game on your team, you know. Yeah, as Chipper was saying about the Browns, when you get that true number one wide receiver and you're in a little bit of a pickle as a quarterback, it's kind of nice to just know you could throw it to anybody or throw it up to him and in, in anywhere, and you're in pretty good shape. And that's exactly what happened or happened so with Justin Jefferson. So, what exactly is Minnesota's problem? I mean, Kirk Cousins is putting defense, up le- legitimate yeah, numbers. Yeah, defense have, for sure. Okay, they have they have Dalvin Cook as a running back. They have legitimate wide receivers so why are they only 500 you know an average team at best well we know we know you think they have an all-star defense because they they beat the shit out of you guys but they really have a bad defense so 
<laughs> yeah, they're just they're such an inconsistent team. I mean, if you look in the beginning of the beginning of the season, uh, they were what, did they miss the field goal or was it a last second field goal by Arizona? But they almost beat Arizona in like week two. Uh, yeah. Most of their games are, are within like one score, so they're a decent team. It's just pretty much everything. I know this sounds a little cliche, but everything has to be perfect. They should have beat Baltimore them. until that sixty-five yard field goal. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just everything has to be perfect for them to win. Dalvin Cook has to kind of go off for like 150 yards. Uh, Cousins has to play great. And the defense has to play pretty good. Otherwise, they just, for whatever reason, they lose. In a, in a close game, they're just, they're not there yet. So they usually lose the close ones. It, it's it's really just comes down to health. If Dalvin Cook's out there and healthy and playing well, they're in pretty good shape. Because as you saw the couple weeks without him, they they struggled a little bit. I can't. I can't believe to, to this point um, that there hasn't been a change at head coach because the Vikings have only been mediocre, average at best. And the only reason why they won the two playoff games that they did was because of two horrible non-PI calls against the Saints and whatever when they played the Saints. Other than that, they've really never been uh, a ten and six, eleven and five type of team. They've always been around. A, a nine and seven, eight and eight type of team, and made, just barely made the playoffs. So, I'm curious. I'm I'm wondering why Mike Zimmer still, Mike Zimmer still has a job. I mean that that's a man that wins on and off the field. I tell you, man. Oof. Yeah, that model girlfriend of his is not too bad for an older no. lady. Um, no. <laughs> I think really with Mike Zimmer, he's kind of like he's got the Jeff Fisher syndrome, where Jeff right. Fisher was consistently eight and eight, and it was just good enough to where you can't fire him because you're not you know you're not bad, but you're also not doing anything. So I'm with you. I mean, it, it, at what point do you look for something in the future? But I think they kind of realize that if you go after a new head coach with your current structured team, it's one of those situations of like, do you think the coach is going to come in here and say, yes, I want Kirk Cousins to be my quarterback, or are they going to want their own quarterback? And when you get the new quarterback, that's when you kind of have to start making other changes. You're possibly in a rebuild. Are they really willing to take that step back? And that's my issue. I think that they're not. So uh, it's weird. They're in a very weird situation. Oh my God! I'm sorry to interrupt. I'm looking at the Cavs game. Taco Fall is getting his first career start. Yes, this Taco is be time. A shit show to watch, but I can't wait. Go Cavs. Um, <clears throat> yeah, the, yeah, the playoff picture is pretty funky. We will quickly recap uh, Week 15 in the NFL, and we'll start with last Thursday night's game. What a fucking fun game! The Chargers. And the Chiefs. That was a great game. Did you guys watch that one? It really was. It was a freaking awesome game to watch. I had nothing else to do Thursday night. Yes, that was no, a great game to watch. <laughs> yeah, that was a really fun one. I, I really enjoyed that game. That was that felt like a playoff game. That was fun. Um, so you had that game, and then we went into Saturday, obviously, as we talked about last week. We waited to do the podcast because we knew some shit was going to go down. And, of course, the Browns game was moved, which, you know, makes sense. It wasn't the only game that had to happen in the NFL. Then you had the uh, the Colts beat the hell out of the Patriots Saturday. That was a game that, you know, we talked about a little bit, and I even said I would not be surprised if the Colts win, but I just wasn't confident enough to pick them, and I fucking wish that I was because, damn it, I would have been right. And you know I love being right, and it happens so often. I never get sick of it. That one would have felt good. Sunday no, we agree. had to Cowboys so. beat the Giants in a, again, an ugly win. Not that impressive for me. Twenty-one to six. Cowboys 
should have put up more, in my opinion, if they really wanted to put themselves out there as a legitimate contender. But a win's a win, I suppose, in the NFL. Texans and Jaguars, one of the worst games of the week. Uh, <laughs> but I think this week we have a topper. I think we have a game that's going to come close to being the worst game of the year. We'll get. To, I can't wait to talk about that one. Uh, Texans beat the Jaguars 30-16. Titans lose to the Steelers 19-13. to Jets and Dolphins, surprisingly, a closer game than I anticipated. But uh, Dolphins don't look now. They're 6-0 and in their last six games. At 7-7, seven and seven, they are creeping up on everybody for a wild card spot. And we'll see what happens there. But beating the Jets again, really not anything to brag about. It's pretty pretty easy to do. You can only play the play the teams that you're supposed to play on your schedule. Exactly. Yeah. Play play what you, who's put in front of you and do your job. And that's that. Which the Cardinals were unable to do against the Detroit Lions, thirty to twelve, the surprise of the week. Um, what do you guys make of that? Do you think it was just a fluke game for the Cardinals, or do you think the Cardinals are just in a downward spiral because of the injuries? Everything's catching up to them. Uh, I think it was a fluke game. I don't. I mean, I okay. Let me answer the two parts. I think it was a fluke game to lose to them, but I also think that they're in a downward spiral, if that makes sense. I, I think they shouldn't have lost to, to Detroit, um, but I don't think they're at the high caliber they were at the begin, beginning of the season. I think, like you said, Kyler Murray's without a security blanket. I, I think he's going to be scrambling to try to find that go-to person. Their run game's not the greatest. I mean, Kyler is okay, is a good quarterback. It's just he's not consistent, and I think they're going to scramble for the next couple games. But like you said, they're probably not going to win the division. And I don't see them getting past the first round of the playoffs. What I would what I would start off with is because Detroit beating Arizona last week, Jacksonville now has the number one pick overall. Yeah. <laughs> and again, I mean, since they fired Urban Meyer, that's actually not a bad thing for them because everyone knew they were going to suck. But now you get to it's go. A, that's a great coaching there. job right there, possibly. Exactly. That's probably the most, depending on, you know, who, who knows who's going to get fired here and there, but. That's probably the most attractive job in, in the in the NFL come the offseason. You know, again, depends on who, if there's any surprise fires or something like that or a retire here and there. But um, I'd have to think that that's the hottest thing. You got the number one quarterback pick from last year, and then you get the number one pick again. It's kind of similar to, you know, back when the Browns were terrible and had back-to-back first-round picks, except, you know, I don't like what they did with one of them. But the other one, great, Miles Garrett. The one after, eh, not the best. But what are you going to do? Oh, I do think nope. that Jacksonville uh, is a good good landing spot for some young coach to, to get their – hopefully turn the franchise around and get your young quarterback and, and go from there. And, you know, it could be a, a job you're there for 10-plus years if you do everything right. But Just don't touch a blonde's ass and you're okay. <laughs> <laughs> you're actually that – that wasn't the worst thing he did. So you can do that. Just don't kick your players. <laughs> no, what, no what, I, what I will say where it's the Arizona is, yeah, I mean, losing DeAndre Hopkins definitely does hurt because now you've you're got a Chris, uh, Christian Kirk and an aging A.J. Green as your one and two receiver. So, yeah, obviously that the, losing DeAndre Hopkins does hurt. Yeah, I mean, they spent a first-round pick even on Rondale Moore out of Purdue, and you kind of look at that on paper when they did that. I'm going, shit, the Cardinals' offense is kind of nice-looking. And then – you know, wah, they, they, wah, lost, wah. they lost Max Crosby. They trade for Zach Ertz. So you're kind of thinking, okay, they replenished the wide receiver. But who would have thought that DeAndre Hopkins was literally the heart and soul of that offense? And, uh, I mean, the Cardinals beat the hell out of the Browns this year, so I now have a personal beef against them. So, fuck them. I'm glad they're on a downward spiral. I enjoy it. <laughs> it doesn't take much for me to hate a team, and that's that's no. it. You beat the Browns, and you do it in a 
you know, embarrassing fashion like that. Yep. Fuck you. Hate you. You must, you got a lot of hate inside yourself. I pretty much hate every team in the NFL. The, the thing that's going to kill me is I, I talk about him every week. I love Aaron Rodgers and the Packers because they've rarely ever played the Browns. So if he beats the hell out of us this week, I'm going into it. You know, our season's over. I expect a big loss. So I'm going to take it on the chin. The, the one that heard about the Browns Cardinals is I had a little bit of blind faith and I thought the Browns were going to win that week and we got embarrassed. And that's when I really, that made me feel bad. So this week I'm going in expecting the, the Packers to beat the fuck out of us. So I'm really not going to feel that bad if it goes away. <clears throat> so regardless of what happens with if Aaron Rodgers wins or loses against the Browns, you're still going to have a man crush on him. Yeah, he could pretty much do no wrong in my book. <laughs> I love that guy. <laughs> you just so want to run your hands through his hair, don't you? I mean, he grew it out for a year. I'm hoping it was for me. <laughs> the Bills get back on their winning ways with a an easy victory over the Carolina Panthers. Uh, the Panthers are just a, a they're, they're Yeah, they, they really are. There's really no other way to describe it. They they started off pretty good. I think they were like 4-0, and they're now 5-9 and on the season. I get it. Darnold got hurt, but Sam Darnold really shouldn't make or break your team, in my opinion. Will uh, McCaffrey play a full season ever again in his career? That's what I was going to say. And then the, their biggest loss was obviously McCaffrey. But even then, he he's so unreliable lately. It's it's a shame. He's got the Saquon Barkley effect of these great running backs that get a couple nagging injuries. And it's lights out for their career, really. And I hope Christian McCaffrey can figure it out and come back healthy next year. But at this rate, he's a guy that I will put on my do not draft list unless it's like the third round or something like that in fantasy because he is just too inconsistent. Can't have that. Truth be told, when Sam Darnold started sucking, sucking hiding, whatever you want to call it, and had, they had Cam Newton starting at back as quarterback, run, run CMC, they should have just sat him for the rest of the season. I mean, I'll give them credit at the time. It was still a little early in the season, and they had, you know, they weren't completely out of it. If they could win some games, JC Horn, I think, was a huge loss for them on defense. Their yep. rookie, um, yep. he was playing great. Their defense was actually really good. And then he got hurt, and it, it was just it was downhill from there. But I mean, you can't injuries are part of the game. There's nothing else you can do about it. So you got to learn to either overcome them or let them define you. And, and the Panthers have let them ruin and define them. The Bengals, as I said, beat the Broncos fifteen to ten. The Broncos defense was good, but just not good enough. As the uh, I didn't watch the game, but I heard that uh, Drew Locke had a costly fumble in the red zone, which could have obviously you know you score a touchdown in the red zone down by five that's good for your team he was unable to do it scoring uh, is good that's new i didn't know that you, well we wouldn't as browns fans because it doesn't happen <laughs> often for us. the 49ers like i said uh continue their winning ways beating the shit out of the atlanta falcons 31 to 13 Packers win the nail biter over the ravens 31 to 30 saints shut out tom brady nine to nothing what an ugly game i watched most of it and it was fucking ugly because of playoff or uh, fantasy implications, but it was an ugly game. Monday, doubleheader, Browns lose to the Raiders 16-14, as we said. Vikings beat up on the Bears 17-9. The score wasn't even as close as that says, as the Bears scored on a literal last-second touchdown. Kind of a cool play to watch, but all for nothing. Seahawks lose to the Rams 20-10. Seahawks will have their first losing season with Russell Wilson in his career. Uh Kind of, kind of weird that it took this long. I mean, that just shows you the stability that they've had. Um, two Super Bowl appearances, one Super Bowl <clears> win. <throat> Pete Carroll trying to make a statement when he wanted Russell to throw the ball. He threw an interception instead. 
kind of was the downward spiral of that whole organization because they've never recovered. And is this the end of that era? What do you guys think? Both I was just one. I was literally just going to ask that question. Is the Pete Carroll, Russell Wilson era over? I think it well, is. Well, yeah, Russell sure Wilson's coming to Cleveland next year. So I would love that. But is it, do you guys, what do you guys think? Is it, obviously I think Pete Carroll is gone. That's the writing on the wall. I could, I could see that for sure. Do you think, Russell Wilson then stays. Does that repair the relationship no. with the Seahawks? I think they're they're, they're both? both gone. I think Pete Carroll's fired in a good faith effort by ownership to try to keep Russell Wilson, but then Russell Wilson at the end of the day still says, "I'm done with this team. I want to go somewhere else." Yeah, I mean, uh, if I'm not mistaken, their their GM's name is John Schneider. I only know that because my friend's a diehard Seahawks fan, and I think as long as he's still employed, for sure, there's no way Russell Wilson's going to stay because he has proven time and time again that he is. He's been very bad at drafting as of late, especially in the early rounds, which is where you need to get those, you know, superstar replenished players. They haven't been able to get anybody that good. They haven't been able to get uh, an offensive line for Russell. The I don't know. I just I think that it's a package deal. They kind of all need to get out of there in order for Russell to be happy, and that's asking a little too much. So I'm with you. I think they're all gone. Yeah, I don't. I don't think Pete. I think Pete Carroll is gone, and I don't think Russell Wilson wants to stick around for a rebuilding or whatever you want to call it process that'll, that'll end up taking place in Seattle that he will want to go someplace else that has uh, an organization in place. And then he might be the final piece or whatever to get to that just, team. Over just the say hump. Cleveland chipper, just say Cleveland. We know what you mean. <laughs> he's not going to go to Cleveland. He's not going to go to Cleveland. Why do you say that? Um, because I think Cleveland not to give up too much, and I do think that they will give Baker an, an opportunity next year because he's been playing hurt this year, so they can't they won't base his play his performance this year on what what has happened this year. So I do think he'll end up playing on the contract next year. Uh, I think that they're I, I I understand what you mean, but I also think that he's going into year five at this point. As take your you know we'll take our fandoms out of it. You're a Steelers fan, obviously we're Browns fans. Right. Yep. If you're looking at a team and their quarterback has been there for five years, do you any uh, any other team in the league? Do you think that team should continue with him, or do you think they should go? You know, man, we, we've obviously seen enough. It is what it is. He's he is who he is. I'll I'll go. I'll throw it this way: as two Browns fandom, you guys have been looking for that franchise quarterback. This is the closest thing you guys have had to a franchise quarterback since 1999 so why not uh and my argument to that is because the, the the browns organization overall has been terrible obviously for the last 20 years no other team really has had that string of bad luck like the browns so it goes to show you that it's not as hard to find good quarterback play as the browns have made it so getting baker he was good for his four years here got to the playoffs once but I also think that you can you can want more. You can want better. Sure. And I think that's kind of where the Browns need to be. And I really don't think there's a package too much to get Russell Wilson if that's the if that's an option. Because well, oh, go ahead. Let me let, let me let me ask you this question. I don't know the, the the salary cap situation with with them. Can they afford a Russell Wilson for three or four years? I mean, he's what thirty five? Is that what he is? Like thirty five years old? Uh. I don't even know if he's that old. Uh, okay, I have to um, look it up. Can they can they afford what he he's going to? I'm not sure if he's still under contract or what it's going to get him. But can the, can the, can they afford him 
as far as salary cap wise with all the linemen. Okay. The offensive, but they're playing the paying the offensive line and some of the and Miles Garrett and whoever else in your, on your defense. Can they afford him? Uh, yeah, I think they would be able to because I mean, think okay. about it this way: if if you're gonna pay Baker, not that not that they should, but they have the money for another ex- big extension because there's a lot of fans that are going like that in Cleveland. At least we all know that uh, either Denzel Ward or Baker is getting an extension, and they have the money for one of them to get extended. And the question is, which one gets extended? Because you probably aren't going to be able to keep them both. And um, I'm guessing, I'm guessing you would take Denzel over Baker. Uh, truthfully, no. I love Denzel; he's a great player. But I mean, if it, if I have to get rid of Denzel to get a franchise quarterback like a Russell Wilson, like a Deshaun Watson, and Aaron Rodgers, no, I meant, et cetera. No, I meant, I meant, you, you said they give an extension. Oh yeah, to out of Baker. those two, gun to my yeah. head, sure, I would take Ward. But I'm just looking at it as in terms of Denzel Ward or any franchise quarterback, I would take the quarterback for sure. Um, so yeah, Denzel, he has a potential out in 2022. Um, so his contract is workable. He's got another two years on it, uh, for any team that would try to acquire him. He does have a full no trade clause though. So he would have to approve coming to Cleveland. So it's all obviously hypothetical speaking, but, um, yeah, the Browns would be able to afford him because we, you know, we're, we're prepared to, Okay. So one way or another, a quarterback's getting a contract more than likely. So just depends on who it's going to be. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I don't care about draft picks. I, I, I look at it as I would gladly take a Super Bowl caliber team and not have a first round pick for a couple of years. Like look at the look at the Rams, for instance. The Rams went all in. They have damn near no draft capital. If a Browns fan had a team built like the Rams, that's a playoff contender, Super Bowl contender for that matter. That's you know ten win team. If that actually happened, Browns fans right now would be ecstatic. But because we're not, they're going to go, no, 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 I want the draft picks. I would never do that. But I think that they're all full of shit and in that situation would all totally have a different uh, perspective. Well, with, with that mentality, Browns fans are figuring, you know, they're used to having a top 10, top 15 draft pick where at the rate that they're going, they would have what between a 20 and 28 or something like that draft pick. So. Why not get yeah, I mean, those two or three round, you know, those two or three first round draft picks when you're going to be around the twenties. Look at when Russell the Patriots Wilson. were at their all time peak of being a dynasty. They were picking in the late twenties, thirties every year, and most of the time, a lot of times, Bill liked to trade first round picks. He didn't like to use them. He would trade out. So, did the Patriots miss those picks? Did it hurt their dynasty any one way? No. They they'll they'll take those Super Bowls over draft picks a thousand times out of a thousand. And my analogy for the Browns and the quarterback situation will always stay the same. The, the, the 20 years we had before Baker, 20, or, you know, 10 ish, 15, whatever. Um, it's essentially like you were dating a woman who cheated on you with 100 guys a month. <laughs> then you get wow. Baker. Wow. <laughs> and she only cheats on you with 10 guys a month. So you go, you know what? It's better. It's not great, but it's better than what I had. So now you need to find that woman that's not going to cheat on you at all. So you can definitely improve. I think Browns fans need to get rid of that loser mentality of we suck for so long. We'll never find another quarterback. Cause look at base Baker statistically, he ranks in the mi- middle to bottom of the NFL. So let's not act like he's some one in a million quarterback. You could easily replace Baker with a fucking Mitch Trubisky and he'll probably put up better numbers. Oh, than Baker. And he can run boy. our offense just as well. Hey, don't look Hey, Mitch Trubisky was a damn good quarterback when he had, when he was with the Bears, he had like he a half bad season. Yeah, look up his numbers. I mean, I think he was a pro bowler. He's taken them to 10-plus wins. Nothing wrong with that. He He's better than Baker. He's, he's He has more accolades than Baker. 
and Browns fans will go, oh, no, it's it's gross. It's uh, Mitch Trubisky. But he's probably a better quarterback than Baker Mayfield if he's put on the right team. Hot takes. Okay. Wrapping up the week <laughs> that was Washington loses to the Philadelphia Eagles. A shit game. Didn't even watch a second of it. Could care less personally. The Eagles, though, I mean, they're, they're sliding their way into playoff contention, but I don't think they're a real contender by any stretch. So good for them. Congrats. Who cares? Now, the fun part, not a whole lot to talk about in any other sports. Obviously, baseball's still in the lockout. College football is in the bowl season of meaningless bowls that nobody gives a shit about. You're not watching one bowl game yet? Uh, I have I, not watched one bowl game at all. I watched about 10 minutes of the Idaho Potato Bowl yesterday with <laughs> Wyoming and Kent State, only because it was on on the TV in front of me at the gym. Other than that, haven't watched a fucking second of college football since the playoffs or since the uh, the championship games, not championship games, the uh, whatever the fuck they're called. Yeah, I guess PCS games. Yeah, PCS games. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I haven't watched anything. Not a whole lot to talk about there. Basketball, again, I'm watching the Cavs right now, but COVID is running rampant in all sports. <clears throat> it is affecting the Cavaliers just as bad as it was affecting the Browns the other day, pretty much, where we have most of our talented, not most, but a lot of talented players on the COVID list. It's happening around the entire league. That's why Taco Falls getting his first career start today because we were without Jared Allen. We are without uh, Evan Mobley. I mean, the list is endless. We got a lot of good players missing. So going to be which tough ta- taking on Boston. Which Taco is it? The Los Nachos or the Dorito? Um, he is <laughs> the pork yeah. Taco. <laughs> sorry, bad joke. Sorry, sorry. It happens. That's what we're here for. Um, it's a delicious taco and the Cavs are losing 12 to nine right now. Um, so with that being said, let me get out my sheet here and write everything down in a second. We're going to do our week 16 picks. Chipper, you are obviously a part of this since you're here. So let's get right down to it. We'll start off with Thursday night. While I get to the page, I'll let Kyle start us off. San Fran, Tennessee. Well, I'm I'm sticking with I'm sticking with our boy, the guy who listens to our show all the time. I'm going with the, the 49ers here. Um, I think that, like you said, they're one of the hottest teams right now, and I, I think they get the win here. I think Tennessee uh, kind of on their back heels. I, I think um, it's going to be close, but I still I think San Francisco comes into Tennessee and gets the win. A chip. Totally agree. San Francisco, hot, one of the hottest teams in the NFL right now. Yep. I am with you guys. Uh, Tennessee, just, you know, a a decent team, but too many injuries to overcome. When you lose Derrick Henry, he's obviously the heart and soul of that offense. You know, probably if he stayed healthy, an MVP candidate. Uh, They're without Julio Jones has been extremely disappointing for them this year, which who saw that coming? Um, A.J. Brown's been hurt. Their offense is just depleted. They're not looking great. So I'm with you. I'll take San Francisco. Give me the hot team and uh, we'll see if their trend continues. San Francisco also is really good on the road for some reason. So I do expect them to win this game pretty easily tomorrow night. So I am with you. Obviously we save the Cleveland games till the end. So we'll skip that one for now. For those of you following along at home, another Saturday night game though, Indianapolis also back-to-back Saturdays at Arizona. This is a tough one here because Arizona's looks so Jekyll and Hyde and 
Indianapolis kind of has too. They've looked great, and then there's games where they lay they completely lay eggs. So what do you guys think happens on Saturday? I'll let Chip start this one off. Man, you got Jonathan Taylor totally in the mix for MVP. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think if he can help them win the South, uh, not that that's like a highly, you know, a a tough division by any stretch, but I think if he can help them take over the South, because Tennessee was kind of running away with it at one point, uh, I think that really will help his MVP votes because it's rare that a running back gets votes, but he 100% deserves them. Yeah, if Jonathan Taylor can continue to do what he's doing, and Carson Wentz can at least manage the offense, they got some place to go. But unfortunately, because Arizona has laid laid the egg that they had in the last couple of weeks, I I got to go with Arizona. They got to turn it around some way, shape, or form. And I think this might be the week. All right. So you said Carson Wentz, you know, figuring out how to manage it, and that is because he read uh, the New York Times bestseller by Michael Scott. Somehow I manage. And exactly. I think- He's going to take that into Saturday, <laughs> and he is going to do all the right things. I think the I can't Colts wait for the movie to come is, out. The Colts defense is really good. Right, midnight. Run game is awesome, Michael Scarn, and uh, I think the run game is really good. Carson Wentz just don't turn it over. They're they're even their wide receivers and their passing game can be good. Um, I'm going with the Colts. I think the Colts are playing really well. I think, like Kyle said earlier, a little bit Arizona's in a bit of a downward spiral, and I think that continues. Uh, when you're playing a legitimate playoff contender, they look like ass against Detroit. So I'm just going to go with the, the team I think is a little bit better. And that's the Colts. Yeah, I'm going with the Colts here too. Um, it's, it was a toss-up, but I, yeah, I think the Colts get the win. For sure. This is definitely a tough one for the week, if I'm being honest. This was tough. Next up, Sunday, Detroit at Atlanta. Does Detroit continue their winning ways? I know that's Kyle's favorite team. Or... Do the Falcons kind of bounce back after a Just couple a of pr- tough weeks? Prison inmate game of the week? Not even close. We got a doozy. Really? Oh, okay. ho, ho, you wait. I'll go first here. Give me the fucking Lions, baby. I got to make some moves in this uh, in this uh, this thing where Pickums were in right now, and I think uh, I think Detroit's primed to take another win here against Atlanta, who is very hot and cold this season. So give me the Lions. You know what? I actually did the same thing. I did my my weekly picks on uh, the website, and I actually took Detroit too because they're in kind of a kind of roll themselves. So, let me look something up really quick. Uh, you don't have to tell me if you don't want to, Kyle. But are you planning on picking them for our Facebook group, or are you just doing it for this one? Oh, I'm doing it for Facebook too. Oh, okay. All right. Um, I am going to pick the Atlanta Falcons and. I shouldn't be doing this because it might change your decision and might help you continue to stay with me. But Jared, no, no, Goff a, is in, he, he, you got it recorded. He says he's taking Detroit regardless. So you got, you're yeah, good. True. Uh, Goff is in uh, COVID protocol. So they're not expecting Goff to play. I don't think. Um, That's okay. I watched David Blau play against us. And obviously it was a shitty weather game. Um, the Falcons are probably a worse team than the Browns. You say that, but I mean, record-wise, they're kind of close. Uh, I'm just going to go with the the veteran quarterback. I'm going to go with Matt Ryan. I think they do enough to win. I think Cordero Patterson has a pretty good game. Um, I'm going Falcons. When did this news come out about the golf being on COVID? Today? No, it was a couple days ago. They said he was on oh. the COVID list. Okay. All right. 
So you have both Detroit for you guys, Atlanta for me. This is this is why I win all the time, boys. You guys give it to me, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> In the AFC North battle of the week, Baltimore at Cincinnati. This is a tough one. This is a this is two teams we we all hate. Something we can agree on. Um, who do you guys like and why? Actually, I'll start because I, I haven't gone first yet. I'll, I'll go first to take the heat off a little bit. Um, Lamar Jackson still has not practiced. Again, we, we said earlier, Tyler Huntley looked very good against the uh, Packers. For some reason, I feel like that luck kind of runs out. I think the Bengals offensively are going to really exploit or expose the uh, – well, exploit works too – the weak secondary of the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens have a shitload of guys hurt. They have guys on COVID. An article that I read earlier said that they currently only have 13 players on defense available to even practice. So with those shorthanded numbers, I have to go with Cincinnati here. And that's that's the reason why. By the way, Jared Goff currently has no symptoms. He's a chance to come back on Sunday. I just want to throw it out there. Anyways. Sure, he has um... a chance. And Baker had no <laughs> symptoms and still didn't play. So. And I also don't Anyways. think Jared Goff is that good. So it's not like I'm going to go, oh, shit, they're getting Jared Goff back. Wow. <laughs> hey, it could be enough, man. He had 139.2 rating last week against those uh, Cardinals. He played his heart out. Blind squirrels um, find nuts, too, Kyle. That's how they survive. I just named the find nuts one more time, and I move up a game on you. It's okay. So uh, give me the, give me the Bengals here. I think uh, I think Baltimore, while um, is going – they're gonna. it's going to be a good game. It's going to be a fun game to watch. Um, but I, I think uh, since he's hitting a stride here, I think we're not. I think we're going to see more catches out of Jamar Chase this week. And uh, yeah, I, I just at, at home, give me Cincy. You got. I'm taking Cincinnati. Cincinnati at home because Baltimore's defensive backfield is so depleted, and Jamar Chase better sure as hell better have more than just one catch for three yards this week. Yeah, a part of me thinks the first time these two teams matched up, it was a little fluky with the way that Cincinnati just manhandled Baltimore, and that was with a healthy Lamar Jackson. So for me, I'm kind of thinking, you just kind of go into it with the same mindset that you had that week, assuming, again, that it wasn't just a fluke thing. Let's just say that they actually game planned properly and knew what they were doing. Uh, I think they could easily shut down Huntley if they just kind of played the same defense. You don't really have to do much different. Uh, it's the same thing. you got a mobile quarterback who's going to make some crazy backyard-style plays. And if they can defend it well, the secondary on the Ravens, their defense in general is so banged up. Um, yeah, I think the Bengals can kind of win this one pretty easily. Next up, Rams at Minnesota. Kyle's second favorite team in the NFL, the Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> they've done they've done well for me so far this year. What do you think they do this week for you, though? Give me the Vikings. <laughs> of course. We're taking we're taking them against the Rams. The Rams kind of uh, they play one last night, but they didn't look the greatest. I, I think uh, I think at home, I think Minnesota gets get pulls off the win here. Uh, Chip, go ahead. Definitely taking the Rams. Yeah, Definitely I am too. The Rams. Uh, the Rams won uh, yesterday in a kind of a weird week. They've they also got hit with the COVID bug extremely hard. Um, I think they're going to get a lot of guys back for Sunday's game, and I think that they're just overall the better talent. Uh, a 10-win team, they're kind of coming into their own. They're playing well. Matt Stafford's getting MVP talk. I don't think he'll actually get it, but he's playing well enough. And as we said earlier, Minnesota's defense is so bad. I think the, uh, the Rams are going to 
establish a little dominance here. I'm, I'm taking the Rams as well. And never mind the Rams have Cooper Cup. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that guy. Speaking of MVP votes, that dude's gonna fucking dominate. He's he's gonna win. He's gonna break every wide receiver record in football almost. It's insane. That, that's, that's hard to that's hard to think think about since uh, you know they had that, those teams that the, what the greatest show on turf teams. And yeah, and he Cup. actually he passed. I think it was Isaac Bruce Isaac for Bruce. most catches in Rams history, which is yeah crazy to think about, but. In this day and age, it's you know they had Marshall Falk back then, so it's not like he they weren't running the ball either. Right. Um, so that's crazy to think about because this current Rams team, the running game is definitely not that great. It's very inconsistent, but they're doing what they need to do. And I mean, realistically, their offensive game plan is just get the ball to Cooper Cup and make teams stop them. And so far, nobody's really been able to do that. So uh, I don't think Minnesota's going to be the team that figures out Cooper Cup and the Rams. So I'm going with the Rams. Sorry to hear that you're, about your loss. It's okay. <laughs> it's weird to talk to yourself in advance like that, Kyle, but um, whatever you have to do to motivate yourself <laughs> to get out of bed every morning. Um, next up, we have the Buffalo Bills at New England. Again, probably my most anticipated game of the week in terms of just watching football. Um, more than likely the Baltimore-Cincinnati game, obviously, because of the implications for the Browns. That's, prob- that's my most anticipated game, but this one in terms of if I was a, a neutral fan, I'd be really excited for this one, I think. How can you not be? It's just a damn shame it's a 1 o'clock game. Like I said earlier, that it's a 1 o'clock game instead of being the, uh, the Sunday night game or the Monday night game. It's the best thing about NFL Red Zone is I can sit back and watch the TV and I get to watch every game at one time. It's great. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's kind of what I plan on doing with the Browns. Again, not playing on a Sunday. I get to kind of fuck around and watch whatever I want. So I'll probably be watching a lot of this game bouncing back and forth i haven't i haven't even checked my cable to see like what games are playing in my area this week but uh that's definitely one i want to keep an eye on so i'll start off i i think new england kind of got exposed a little bit last week against the colts um i think the bills have a lot to prove i think josh allen has a lot to prove he wants to kind of shut the doubters up and and show that he is worth that contract extension he can score some points and win some games I think it's a tough task, but I think they're going to go on the road and beat New England. I'm going Buffalo. Oh, man, this is going to be a fun week, one way or the other. Uh, I think it's uh, – I think we're, I'm going New England. Give me, give me the Patriots. I think uh, Belichick doesn't like to lose, and I don't think he's going to lose two in a row here. Um, I think he knows how to beat uh, Buffalo. He'll do it again. He might not only have Matt pass for three attempts this time, but I, um, but I think Mac's going to – Get a touchdown here or there, manage the game correctly. I think I think New England takes the win here. I'm taking New England only for the simple fact that they're at home. And then I'm not taking what happened in the last game, you know, with three passes and running for almost 300 yards or what the hell it was. But the fact that they're playing at New England and you can't go against the goat of head coaches right now. So I'm, I'm taking New England. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm with you. I don't look at that last matchup between the two of them. I, I, I can't take anything away from that. That was such a weird game. You know, that's not how normal basketball or normal football is played or strategized even. So I don't read anything into that. I just kind of look at it again as the Bills, as of late, have been able to score some points. They've, they've looked better on both sides of the ball a little bit. And I just think for, you know, whatever reason, gut instinct, I'm going Buffalo. See if Josh Allen can figure it out. Uh, would be huge for them. I mean, obviously they're playing for the divisions. That's a must-win game almost for Buffalo to stay in. uh, I mean, obviously it's must-win for both of them because you lose and things change at the East, at the top of the East, and it really fucks up your wild-card chances too, for that matter. 
So should be a fun one. Now, this is the stinker of the week, Chip. This is maybe the stinker of the year. And that's saying something because obviously Houston and Jacksonville have to play each other twice a year. So you'd think that those two are the worst games. Here we have the Jacksonville Jaguars against the New York Jets. The Jets are COVID riddled. Robert Sala will not be there. More than likely, he tested positive today. And I doubt he makes it to the game on Sunday. But without their head coach, who isn't even that impressive as a head coach, I think it really is going to hurt them. But I mean, speaking of not having a head coach, you have Jacksonville with an interim head coach as well. So this, to me, this is the stinker of the week. This game's going to suck ass. I feel bad for anybody that has to watch it. Um, I'll let you go first, Chip, just because I really don't even know who to pick. <laughs> Hold on a second. Let me let me get my coin out here. Hold on a second. Honestly, this is a coin flip. This is one where I could see a 0-0 tie, and I would not be surprised because these teams suck. Well, it landed on tails, so that means uh, Jacksonville. <laughs> I'm taking Jacksonville. <laughs> Fair enough. I respect it. Um, I'm with you. I think I'm going to go Jacksonville just because without the head coach, not that again, not that he matters too much, but with the, they have a lot of guys out with COVID right now. The jets do not that they're a talented team, but I'm just going to go with the team that has a few more healthy bodies. So I'm going Jacksonville. Well, it tells you that the point spread is even right now. So exactly. <laughs> this is a straight up pick them. Um, the one thing is when a team has a COVID outbreak, what I've learned as a Browns fan, is every day expect more and I wouldn't be surprised if tomorrow you wake up and there's even more jets going on the list so that's for me that's why I'm going with the uh I'm going with the Jags I would not be surprised if the Jets win this one however I'm, I mean I, yeah obviously it's a it's a it's awesome <laughs> I, I'm going Jacksonville in this one I think Robinson's gonna have one hell of a game I mean it's funny that you know they needed to fire Urban Meyer to get James Robinson the ball and Lo and behold, he's still a pretty decent running back. Surprise, surprise. Next up, we have the New York football Giants against the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, Eagles are playing really well. The Giants are not. There's a chance the Giants are rolling with, if I'm not mistaken, I think they announced already, they're going to roll with uh, Jake Fromm. Assuming Daniel Jones still can't play. Jake Fromm looked pretty good in his limited time on Sunday in cleanup, mop-up duty. I don't think that's a sign of him as a quarterback in general. I think it was kind of like a Dallas went into a prevent from got a lot of dink and dunk plays. I don't expect them to do anything that well. Give me the Eagles. Uh, yeah. Give me the Eagles here too. I, I think it's a pretty easy game for them to win. Fly Eagles fly. All right. Another clean sweep. Tampa Bay at Carolina. Can I assume we'll have another clean sweep here? Carolina, does right? They, does anybody want Carolina? <laughs> I thought you did. Did you not say that at the beginning of the show? No. But Cam, no? but Cam Newton is back, boys. What are we doing here? Come on now. Um, yeah, he's back. All right, he'll be back on the bench by halftime. Yeah, give me the Buc- Buccaneers here. Hopefully, uh, Brady has a couple more completions. Yeah, no, I, no, don't don't be surprised if this game is actually. Kind of like it was last weekend because if Mike Evans is still out and uh, I know that uh, actually Antonio Brown is supposed to be coming back because even though Arian said he he wouldn't bring Antonio Brown if he kept messing up, but uh, he's he's bringing Antonio ba- Antonio Brown back. But in Arian's Mike defense, Evans, he did say those were last year's circumstances. It's a new year, so he's allowed new fuck ups. I got. Uh, oh, it's it's a couple fuck ups per year. Yeah, nice. he's given he's given a few, and yeah, you got uh, Mike Evans is out. You have Chris Godwin who is out for the year. Out for the year. Yep. He tore his ACL. You, the news broke yesterday. I think it was uh, Levante David, maybe. 
I think it was, one of their linebackers. It was either him or Devin White. I can't remember which one. One of them is out for the year or her, whatever the case. And Fournette so, is out. Fournette's on IR. Yeah, Fournette's out. They just signed Le'Veon Bell. So the Bucks are definitely depleted, but I also think that Brady is pissed. He got embarrassed on, on national television last week, and he is going to take it out on the Panthers in a bad way. And when you're playing a team like the Panthers who are struggling to just you know stay, stay afloat, and I don't like their weird strategy they're going with. They're going to do – Cam Newton's a starter, but Sam Darnold's going to get some snaps. When you're a team that's struggling to find an identity like the, the Panthers have been, I don't think you can fuck with that by, you know, mixing in and out quarterbacks. It's never really worked in the NFL. The The Raiders try it every once in a while with Mariota, and it doesn't do much. I mean, you guys saw it on Monday. Mariota came in for a couple plays, did absolutely nothing, didn't change the, the, the game at all. I don't think it's going to work here for the Carolina. I think the Buccaneers win this one by a lot. I agree. And, hey, I just want to throw this out there. You see, since you threw out Tom Brady being pissed off, we're over under of Gronk, 10 receptions. Under. Really? I would say under, yeah, because they're not going to need to do that. He'll catch, like, four, maybe have two touchdowns out of them, and they'll be up by 20, and then they'll just stop throwing the ball. Okay. I was thinking I was thinking more lines of around 10 because with nobody else to throw to because with the backup receivers that they had the other night, not be able to catch a cold, let alone a ball. But that is against a much better defense. New Orleans defense is no joke. So okay, definitely tougher. And now you have a week of practice with guys with Brady who were thrown in. Like they have uh, Jalen Darden, their rookie. They have Scotty Miller, who was a playoff sensation for them. Antonio Brown is back. You do have Gronk. You have Le'Veon Bell, who's going to maybe get some time if he's active. So you've got a lot of guys that are practicing this week. They're getting a little more acclimated with Brady. And I think that's going to pay dividends on Sunday. When you, you, you had to throw him in on the fly on Sunday, then yeah, that's probably why they were a little <clears> off because they didn't have that chemistry yet. So I think a week of practice is really going to help them, especially when you're playing with a guy like Tom Brady. Okay. Chargers at Houston Texans for me, even with all the COVID nonsense going on with the Chargers, I don't know if you guys saw they they Austin Eckler is on the COVID list. Now uh, Bosa, I think is on the COVID list. They're losing a lot of people. Uh, the Texans just lost Brandon Cooks to the COVID list, and he is arguably their best player overall. So I'm still going with the Chargers. Yeah, this is easy. Chargers. Bolt. Bolt. All right. Next up, Chicago at <coughs> Seattle. Kind of a weird game here. You have two teams that are a uh, little Jekyll and Hyde every week. You have an up-and-coming rookie quarterback in Justin Fields going on against the still good but struggling Russell Wilson. What do you guys think happens in this one? I think it's going to be a fun game. I think uh, Chicago is going to do pretty well, but give me Russell Wilson at the end of the day. I'll take the Seahawks. Yeah, I think I will too. Chicago looked pretty decent on Monday against Minnesota. I mean, they struggled. Their issue was I watched a lot of that game. I have a sick obsession with watching football, so I watch even the shittiest of games. And I was learning some stats about the Vikings. And up until that game, I think the Vikings had a 100% Uh, red zone scoring allow percentage so if you get into the red zone against minnesota they do not stop you on fourth down they don't turn get get turnovers anything they were letting everybody score and i'm pretty sure the the bears went like oh for four in the red zone against the uh the vikings they they went for it on multiple fourth downs when they didn't need to uh they struggled but they, they were able to move the ball on them so that Bears offense can move. They just can't find ways to finish. And a lot of that has to do with the lack of talent. 
They were without Allen Robinson, even Allen Robinson maybe being back this week. I don't think that helps. Um, I'm with you. I'm going Seahawks, but should be a fun one to watch. Could just be a battle of a couple bad teams, two coaches that are possibly getting fired. Could be an interesting game. Next up, Pittsburgh at Kansas City. Who do you got and why? We'll start with Chipper. It's your team. You have the floor. Kansas City. Our offense is horrible. Their defense is, like we mentioned earlier, their, their defense has stepped it up a few notches and is looking really good right now. And our defense is as good as T.J. Watt is and as good as our defense can be. You still got to put up – you still got to contend with Patty, Patty Holmes, Mahomes and uh, Kelsey, and we've already proven we can't cover a tight end with a well, jam. Kelsey, Kelsey's on the COVID list. Well, I'm, I'm assuming he's going to play. Oh, yeah, you never know. I mean, at, at right. this point, yeah, the new rules are meant to help guys get back out there. But, I mean, they changed the rules for the Browns on Saturday, and most of those guys tested positive, like, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and none of them were able to play. So, at this point, I'm, I'm kind of holding out that the – if you hit the COVID list, you're still not going to be able to play. It's kind of hard. Well, I'm still going. I'm still going. I'm, I'm, I'm still sticking, sticking with the fact that our offense sucks so bad, and then Kansas City's defense oh, yeah, is no so good here. right now. No arguments here. Um, yeah, I'm with you. I think even without Kelsey, you still have Patrick Mahomes, uh, Andy Reid, an offensive guru, going up against a, you know, a Pittsburgh team that's right down the middle kind of they're not great at anything they just play well enough to stay in games like they're not killing it at any specific spot so i'm with you with i'm just going to go with the better team overall and i think that's kansas city you don't have to ask me i i I never i never pick pittsburgh there's not even a question (laughs) you have to ask me hey who knows if if tyreek hill is actually out this year Josh Gordon make it more playing time and actually catch a couple more touchdown passes. Oh, yeah, fuck actually... that, dude. Well, that's my, ass my on thoughts Twitter. on this game, and this is just me overthinking, but uh, the Chiefs offensive line this year has been really good. They're, I forgot which tackle, if it's left or right, but one of their tackles just went on the COVID list today, so that's huge for the Steelers because obviously you have T.J. Watt, um, who's you know not 100%. He's still playing great, but he's not 100% going up against the possible backup. And then – as you said, Josh Gordon. Josh Gordon was just activated from the COVID list today. So they get a little bit of help on offense, although Josh Gordon hasn't done a ton in Kansas City. But, you know, I, I most people need to understand that uh, professional football is real life and not Madden. So if you sign Josh Gordon on Madden, sure, you could throw for 200 yards and five touchdowns on Madden in, in your first game. In real life, it takes time for guys to get adjusted, to build chemistry. So... I'm not expecting Josh Gordon to set the world on fire on Sunday. However, I could see him having a few big catches to help the Chiefs win. So I'm with you. I'm going Kansas City. Uh, Then we go to Denver and Vegas. This is a game that could have been fun, but the news of Teddy Bridgewater not playing. uh, Drew Locke is out there. I'm not a Drew Locke fan. The Raiders have been struggling lately. I'm not sure if Darren Waller is going to play. I haven't seen anything yet. He's missed the last couple of games, and their offense has been really, really struggling without him. Um, so this is a tough one. I, I really don't know who to pick here. My <clears throat> my gut says Denver because their defense plays so well, but I just don't think Drew Locke will be able to score. Uh, fuck. I really I'll go first. Stuff. Give yeah, me Denver. First. Denver takes the win here. I think Denver's defense is enough to get him through. 
Um, I, I think even with Locke out there, I think Locke can move the ball a little bit down the field, and that's all they need is, is two touchdowns to win this game. Yeah, well, I, I think get, you sold me I on that. I'm, I'm going Denver also because that, that's kind of where I was at. I think like Denver's, Denver's defense played great last week. They shut down the high-powered Cincinnati offense to 15 points. Their offense just couldn't score. But I do think Cincinnati's defense, albeit not good, is better than the Raiders' defense. So I'm with you. I think Denver will be able to score a week of practice for Drew Locke. Maybe that helps the team a little bit. Maybe they get a couple guys. You know, maybe Cortland Sutton actually shows up to the to a game and pound the rock maybe because the Raiders' run defense isn't that good. So I'm with you. I'm going Denver. I just put the magic quarter and it says uh, take Denver. Yeah, I think Denver's <laughs> the pick here. All right, Sunday night football on NBC. We have Washington and Dallas. Washington uh, possibly could have Tyler Henneke back from the COVID list. Nothing's certain, but he should be back. Uh, Dallas is trying to lock up the division. I think with a win, they might lock up the the division, I think. Um, I feel like these two teams have... They've played each other like five times this year for some reason. I don't know why. It, it does just feels feel like, like that. that. I mean, they did just play each other like two <laughs> weeks ago, but it does feel like they have played a few times. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with Dallas. They're at home. It's Sunday night football. Uh, I just think they're they're the better team overall. So, unfortunately, I think Washington kind of gets the nail in the coffin here for their season. And it's done at Jerry World. I'm going Dallas. Give me the Cowboys. Not America's team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not at all. How about them Cowboys? Going, going the Cowboys. All right, Monday Night Football, kind of a clunker, but also kind of interesting because again, Miami is now seven and seven. Uh, New Orleans is also kind of battling for a wild card spot, even though you know they have probably the worst quarterback in football behind center. In um, well, I don't know, man. He's he's got me to the second round of the playoffs. I've rode that guy for the last four days. That's what she said, uh, but it's it's helping Hello. so. I mean, I won also with him starting for me in my (laughs) fantasy league, but he sucked ass. Like, don't get me wrong. He was terrible this week. Um, We're speaking of Taysom Hill, of course. Uh, This is an interesting game. I mean, you have Miami who just struggled to beat the Jets, but they are in a six-game winning streak going up against the New Orleans Saints who, when, when they want to, their defense can be lights out. And look at what they did to Tom Brady. They're at home. Uh this is a tough pick. I'm not going to lie to you. I, I, I picked someone. I d- deleted it, picked the other one, deleted that one back to the first pick. That's that's how back and forth I was. Yeah, this is a legitimate tough tough game. I am going to go with – oof. I'm going to go with the Saints just because they're at home. Uh, they'll have – probably they're going to have Sean Payton back. Um, I don't know. I just got a weird feeling. I'm just going to go with the home team. This is one of those 50-50, give me the home team. Yeah, I, I picked the Saints, and then I'm like, you know what? My, Miami could pull this off. Defense is good. Tua can move the ball, but I'm like, nah, give me the Saints. Give me the home team here. Nope, taking the Saints. Their defense is looking really good right now. And Taysom Hill just needs, again, use, hate to use the, the term again, but manage the offense. He's got to get me the 40 day, points this week is what I need from him. That's all not I need, to say they're points. a championship team, but at the end of the day, champion uh, defense wins championships, so – Give me the team with the better defense, and I think that is the Saints, so I'm with you. Last but not least, we have the Cleveland Browns at Green Bay Packers. Boys, do you, do you see a Christmas miracle, or are we all pretty much going to pick the same thing here, and it's going to be pretty easy to do? Does anybody want the, t- the team from Cleveland? 
I want the team from Cleveland to win games. Yeah, guys, do we but... want them to win? <laughs> yes, we do, Chipper. Yes, we do. Win. Are you picking um, them to win? I don't think Cleveland wins this one. I don't think it's a blowout like Justin thinks it's going to be, but I don't think they win this game. Um, I mean, I'm sure you saw Greg Newsom still did not clear concussion protocol, and he has COVID now, so he's probably not going to play. Uh, Denzel Ward will be playing, assumingly. Nobody else tests positive. I just think that they're – they're loaded with weapons. I mean, who's going to cover Devontae Adams? Denzel Ward's good, but, I mean, you saw him give up a touchdown to Brian Edwards last week. I mean, I think we're going to get picked apart. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I'm not saying we're going to lose by, like, 40, but I do see us losing within, you know, we're, we're going to be down by two scores. I don't think our offense is going to be able to keep up with them. Uh, it, it, it's in Lambeau. The weather, it's Christmas Day. It's probably going to be, you know, cold. Who knows if it's going to be snowy. Let's check the, it. The Packers are extremely acclimated to that cold weather. The Browns were from Cleveland, so you think that they would be, but I think Lambeau's just a different animal. Um, I think the lights are going to be a little too bright for the Browns. And uh, even before the season started and we saw this team underperform, I picked the, the Packers to win this game, and I'm sticking with that. I think the Packers are a Super Bowl favorite, and I think they're going to show why on Sunday. And my, my concern for the, the defense, especially, as I said, with Greg Newsom being out, we still are missing quite a few players for COVID who, who knows if they'll be activated in time. Losing Tack McKinley was huge. And now, uh, and, and now Miles Garrett is questionable with that groin injury. Exactly. And that's what I was going to say next. 35 and cloudy on Saturday. So Okay. And Miles Garrett is hurt. He, he'll probably play, but a 50% Miles Garrett is no match for Aaron Rodgers. So. Give me the Packers. Yep, a 50% questionable Miles Garrett. And uh, you saw the way that Baltimore tried to triple cover Devontae Adams last week into no avail. So, yeah, I just don't see it happening. So, yeah, the Pack. Yeah, I mean, we let Derek or, uh, yeah, Derek Carr pick us apart on Monday for the most part. I mean, we, we played well at times, but also Derek Carr had a lot of time to throw the ball. He – a few drops would have made if, if they didn't drop them, he would have had, he, he was on like a nine completion streak or something like that. If I'm not mistaken, before they had a drop. So he was picking us apart. I mean, and he's a good quarterback. Now we're going to let a great quarterback have a day with us. Uh, I, I, to me, it's just pretty simple. I'm guessing you're with us, Kyle. Yeah. I'm, I'm taking, I'm taking green Bay here. Obviously we know what needs to go right for the Browns, but, you say it's not going to be a blowout, which, you know, again, I'm not saying blowout. I just, I use that term loosely. Uh, what I mean is like, you know, we'll lose by 10 plus. Um, what do you I think? The score the, I, I think the score is probably going to be like 24, 24, 10, 24, 14, maybe. Okay. I, I, so, the, so you're with me about 10. Yeah. 10 I'm, yeah. 10, I don't think it's, I don't think it's going to be like 45 to seven. You know what I mean? I don't think, I don't think green Bay is going to move the ball all that easily. I think our defense is playing well enough to slow him down in a couple drives, but the thing that's not going to let us win this is our offense. So I, I think, I think 24, 14 is a pretty realistic score. Um, I yeah. think, I think, I think the final score will be mostly predicated on who is actually starting a quarterback for the Browns. If Baker is actually starting, then yeah, I could see the, you know, 24, 14, 27, 17 type of score. But if it's, Nick Mullins again, I can see an even bigger blowout. I mean, hey, Nick Mullins might be better than Baker. Um, 
You never know. Plus, Green Bay's run defense isn't the best, so I think I think Chubb's going to have a chance to move the ball a little bit. Um, so, I mean, who knows? Could be a good game for Chubb, but again, I just don't think our offense is enough in him to to do yeah, it. You know, the main thing here, obviously, is, is, is it's all dependent on who we get back because we we're kind of just assuming that come Saturday we'll have everybody off the COVID list, but. I'm not that confident. I think we'll have a bunch. But, I mean, like you said earlier, here we are Wednesday, and we only got to add two more people. So we are two days away from needing to add quite a few more to even have a snowball's chance in hell. And uh, not looking well, good because well, not only do you thing. get guys back, which is fine. It's good thing it's on Christmas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yes. well good, good thing is there won't be any snow in Green Bay, so there won't be any snowballs being thrown. True. Yeah, true. But the, the one thing, though, is that, like, obviously, if you get a guy off the COVID list, it is Thursday tomorrow. It, so if a guy gets off the COVID list, then he's just now starting to practice again. Or if you get him back Friday, he gets one walkthrough day of practice in. And I think that, you know, you need that in football. You need that practice. You need that you know, the, to get those reps. Those practice? Reps. We're talking about <laughs> practice. Yes, Allen Iverson, we are talking about practice. Not the game. Not the game. Practice. So yeah, I just I think getting guys back was would have been huge, especially today. And the further we get into the week, guys coming back with you know not really practicing in almost two weeks, I think is going to be really tough to ask them to come out and beat the best team in football. So probably going to be ugly, but we'll see. Well, it's going to be Christmas. I'm going to be having a good day that day. So hopefully uh, they don't ruin my my holiday all that well. But we'll yeah, we'll, I mean, we'll be all right. Christmas Day. A Saturday, drink plenty of spiked eggnog or whatever your drink of choice is that day and just enjoy it. I'll do my best to enjoy it, but we're probably going to lose. and I'm going to be really fucking mad all day. But you'll still <laughs> you'll still have your man crush on Aaron Rodgers. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Like when the game ends, I'm going to tweet out a couple things talking shit about Baker. And then I'm at the end, I'll be like, but God damn, is Aaron Rodgers good? <laughs> <laughs> all right, boys, that's going to do it for us. Uh, happy holidays to you and yours. Enjoy your Christmases. Everybody be safe. Have a good time. Enjoy some good food, especially your listeners out there. Guys, I appreciate the, the last minute invite. Justin, happy holidays to you, Tara, and the rest of your family. Kyle, I will hopefully see you tomorrow night. I'll be there. I'm healthy. I'm off the IR. I'm good to go. Appreciate it. Uh, same to you and yours, Chip. Uh, we'll talk to everybody next week. We'll hopefully, uh, barring any setbacks, we'll be in person. We'll get to play that song. And, um, oh, really quick, while we're here, too, we'll uh, promote a little bit. You, you you could do that a little bit better than me, Chip. Next, not this Sunday, but the next Sunday is when we're, we're going on that show with you, right? Yeah, that's correct. Uh, January 2nd, the Sunday before the Monday Night Brown Steelers game, you guys are invited to come on to the show that I do, uh, our weekly show that I'm on every other week, the Steel City Renegade Show, to come on live, and, and we'll de- we'll have a little bit of fun bantering back and forth about the, the upcoming pending uh, Brown-Steelers game that Monday night. So where can everybody find that so we can promote it? That's on Steel City, what is it, Renegades? Steel, it is Steel City Renegades. You can look it up on uh, Facebook, uh, okay. Twitter, YouTube. I think they even said it's on Twitch. I'm not sure what Twitch is, but they say it's on Twitch. Okay, yeah, that's a big uh, streaming like video game thing, so that's good. Okay, awesome. So, yeah, check that out, everybody. Steel City Renegades. Kyle and I will be there on Sunday the 2nd? Yep, January 2nd we're, from yep. 7 to 9. We're, 
we're bringing right, the let's... a game and our beautiful faces so yes yeah there's cameras and everything we're going to be talking mad shit to Steeler fans and loving every second of it yeah the camera thing will definitely be interesting because you guys definitely have faces for radio I am one of the best looking people you're ever going to meet, Chipper. So you're probably going to get your <laughs> highest ratings ever with me there. <laughs> All right, Thanks guys. Again, guys. Like I said, happy holidays. Enjoy it. Uh, yep. We'll talk to everybody again soon. See ya. Later, See. guys.